humanity. Look how far you've fallen. Lining up in the sweltering heat for hours. Huddling together in the dark. Like beasts. of Asgard and I am burdened with glorious purpose stand back you mewling quim <laughs> the bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for a place in this chamber. In this meager palace of Midgard. The arena they call Hall H. Where are your Avengers now? So, Dan. Yes, sir. Did you send a card to William and Kate? I did. I actually sent a, a, a cake in the shape of a baby boy. Prince George. Yeah, because, you know, that's what that's we original. need. original. Right, and, and we need a, a name, uh, a, a kid named after something you do to your penis when you want to deck it out. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a Prince Albert. Sorry. <laughs> There's one of those, too. Well, no, they, I, I read somewhere that uh, George has been, the, like, the most common royal name of, like, the last 300 years or something. Right. How about something else? How about, like, this, like, you know, Prince Carl or Prince Bruce? Oh, dude. Yeah, that would be funny if they would almost, like, eh, Prince, uh, what's what's a good redneck name? Oh, Prince Cletus? Now, now we're talking. <laughs> If they find out that they became addicted to watching Duck Dynasty. <laughs> Hello, we named our child after our favorite character from Duck Dynasty. Also, he's still seeing spittoons around <laughs> Kensington Palace. A whole bunch of staffers whose whole job it is to make sure the spit's cleaned up. Yep. yep. 
That would be awesome. So, yes, into this world is born a kid who will never work a day in their lives and never do anything except play polo. Come on, you you know, you were sitting there, you see that first look at that kid, and you're like, lucky. Not only is, is does this kid going to enjoy exactly what you mentioned right there, not, not going to work a day in his life, going to just sit around, milk off the royal establishment, and still... Gets to chew on Kate Middleton's boobies for the next right. year. It did. It did march out of her <laughs> vagina. A place so many of us guys would love to get into. Do you think that like a cart when they giving birth, like a carpet comes out, and little little trumpeters come out? Announcing <laughs> Prince George. <laughs> he comes out all slimy. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I will admit to being just so amazed at how obsessed Americans are with the Soviet. And I get it, it's the fairy tale thing. I know that's what it is. Yeah, you know, at least. Yeah. And it's escapism to a certain I, extent. I, I do think that the infatuation people have with this is a little overblown. You know, get, get a life. But I'd rather people were on board with this. At least there's some history, some pageantry around the royal family. It's a lot better than wasting your time sitting down and watching the Kardashians. And Which reminds me, actually, I have to. I have a beef with us ninjas. Hmm? We we enacted the placenta talk with the Kardashians. Yes, Velvethead was a fan uh, and, of placenta. Talk. Well, it's only because now he wants, uh, he wants placenta pot pie. I mean, yeah. that's. But here's our flaw. Our entire uh, our entire act was around Kim Kardashian cooking something. Well, she, there's no fucking. She couldn't use a can opener. She'll never work a day in her life if it isn't giving head to Ray J. She ain't doing it. <laughs> isn't that? I thought it was Kanye. Well, it is now, but no. that's that's how she got her fame. Did, was you, see Kanye, did you see Kanye? With that like, don't talk, don't talk to oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Oh God! I'll tell you what. You yeah, the 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 paparazzo. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of paparazzo, but oh, I will really? say everything. This guy was like, well, I just I'm a fan and. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, but you got to listen to me. You don't yeah. talk to me. I'm going to talk finish. to my friends. you got to tell your people. You don't say anything. It's like, Kanye, he's, he's okay, that doesn't even work. Yeah. How do you not say anything? He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, more than an idiot. Yeah, fuck Kanye. And what does Jesus mean for an album title either, too? Is it his reference to the fact that he's Jesus and he just didn't want to spell it the same way? Well, that, And this is what pissed me off. There's people that worship these fuckers. Oh, no doubt, dude. Who who, who continuously just, just act like total assholes and then they're just forgiven because he's so talented. Fuck you. You're a douchebag. Yeah, I can tell you right now, there's no celebrity that I've continued to like after they've gone all douchebag. Yeah. I, I, I won't support them right. at all. Right. Because it that, we're not sending them the message that you can't be this way right. if you want to keep supporting them. Exactly. Yet, they would flip out if we were ever that way to them. Yeah. So, no. It, this isn't... It, it's it's like how, how Drake was all put out because he couldn't get into the Miami Heat locker room. Oh, Jesus Christ. His, his boy, uh, LeBron, you know, it, it, Drake. Fuck you, Drake. Yeah, he is somebody. He's you know Drake. Where you, yeah, exactly. You know where you don't belong... You don't belong in the Miami Heat locker room. What you don't belong. Why did he actually feel like he belonged there? Because he's such an over celebrity. Yeah, he just feels. You know what? Yeah, I need to be in that party. Yeah, no, you and, don't. And, and, and I love this. He's like, you know who I am? No. no. 
Apparently, look- Amanda Bynes wants you to wreck her vagina. That's <laughs> yes. who you are. So yeah. you have a paranoid schizophrenic who wants you to wreck her vag. Finally, finally, somebody's got a leash on, on Bynes before she fucking hurts somebody. And I love the fact that apparently the, her parents, who finally are trying to do something, come to the judge and, and try to get permission to, to kind of stop things or certain Yeah, they're trying to get the conservatorship. Over and he's like, state. no, no, no. Let's get through these couple weeks and let her really seek to get the medical treatment she needs and make the proper analysis. Because uh, you and I have both gone on record as saying, is, is some of her stuff funny? Yeah. In as much as you're watching a train wreck happen. However, it's still, this is mental illness. This yeah, is this not is the same as Lohan, uh, who right. is, who is self-inflicted just stupidity. This is somebody who's just, she's schizophrenic and unfortunately to hide these things or to try to deal with them, she got hooked on drugs just to try to shut all the fucking outside imagery down. I get that to a certain extent, and as much as a person who's not schizophrenic trying to understand what that means, she's finally going to get the help she needs. Well, we and hope. We, and, and honestly, she needs a stay. She doesn't mm. need just two weeks here. If you, if you have the onset of schizophrenia, you're not talking something. You sit down two weeks later, you're fine. Right. Which, which begs to say, it, it just that topic right there, that, that uh, comment right there, sort of shifting gears a little bit here. How effective is rehab? Because how many, I mean, I suppose there's good to it in that it can help teach you, but I still don't think it's effective in just killing that inner demon. That the the, the, uh, the urges are just too intense to cure out of six or ten weeks of rehab. Uh, it's got to be like lifetime rehab. Well, in... Dude, I'm not even a real believer in, like, AA because they have no backup plan. Their 12 steps are if you fuck up, you start over again. Well, right, but you need to build well, into this. Your 12 steps didn't do shit the first time. What makes exactly. you think your 12 steps are going to do something and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from it because I do get that a lot of it is a support system they build, yep. and I, I get that. Yep. However, the 12 steps on their own are not enough. You need There's way more involved, and that's kind of the way I see rehab is basically – the only thing a rehab does is dry somebody out for a few weeks or a few months. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't necessarily take care of the problem. Right. And, and I'm, I'm referencing Corey Monteith. Yeah, no a kid who's 31 years old. He's been in and out of rehab facilities since he was 19. Mm-hmm. 12 years worth of rehab. And he still ODs on heroin and alcohol. Basically rehabs... A rehab so it's is not more rehab. It's just no. It's it's just getting a, it's it's a few weeks of cleaning yourself up. Yeah, uh, and that's that's not the most effective thing here in the world. Sometimes these people need way more than that. Now it, maybe it's more effective for people who aren't in a town or a lifestyle or a profession that thrusts you right back Celebrity into. Celebrity tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's why you see these... When you have anything in the world offered to you, yeah. I, at, at the drop of a hat, it, it's tough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And again, I don't want to take away... I certainly see the value in things like rehab. But I think that more important here, and I, you and I have call, often called this out, it, even in the case of Bieber, who not that he's entered rehab, 
But you need the support system. You don't need people cheering on your stupid things. You need the right people in place to say, you're about to do something stupid. Let's not. Let's celebrate something else. Let's do something else. Well, a great example, Lindsay Lohan, is did you hear that when she's out of the rehab, her mom, oh, I'm sorry, when uh, she's back from the... Oprah. Uh, yeah, and then when she's done with that, her mom's going to throw her the biggest pool party she's ever seen. Uh, you know what yeah. person coming back from this doesn't need a pool party. Even if it's a dry pool party, this isn't what they need. They don't need a party. Right. Because party is associated with the lifestyle. Don't even use the term party. Right. Avoid getting... Because one of Lindsay's douchebag friends, quote unquote, is going to bring more than a present right. to the party. Yep. No question. And and that's... Because these gravy trains, trainers are not there to support her. And, and come on, Diane, Dino or whatever fuck her name is, Lohan, oh, come Jesus. on. They've lived the dream off fuck this kid. Yes. They, they've basically chewed they her up and spat her up. Less. It's been money, nothing but it. And that, to me, is the biggest problem is rehab works as long as the rehab also involves the support system outside well, well, of rehab. They're going to hook her up with Oprah or something like that. And I think she... And I think uh, Dinah Lohan made some comment like... What better maternal figure to, to, to coach her with than Oprah? Oh, I don't know. How about her fucking mom? Right. You're no the fucking mother here. No question. It, it, you waste. And, and that's just it. If your parents aren't helping you, right? then what the hell? All she's helping her to is, is Lindsay's bank account. That's all she's helping her to. And that's like this, this close friend of uh, Amanda Bynes. It was the one girl that there was still photos circulating of her walking with Amanda up until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Now is doing a tell-all on her. Now, you know of what course. ain't going to help? Yeah. The tell-all on your friend. And I get the fact that she says, well, you know, Lindsay, I mean, uh, Amanda all of a sudden changed her phone. She's schizophrenic. Right. Cut her some fucking slack here and help her get the help she needs. Yeah. Don't start seeing the dollar signs. Well, you know, for two months I haven't been able to live as the best friend of a celebrity, no matter how crazy she is, right. so fuck her. And that's exactly yeah. what this smacks of. It is. Fuck her. Well, you know what? What comes around goes around. At some point when you need help, all you've done is fucked over somebody that worked trusted you. Absolutely. And I, I just flat out don't get it. And again, I go so far as this way with Bieber, because where's his fucking parents in this situation, right. too? Instead, he's got these asshole, his swag buddies, yeah. whatever they call themselves, what the wild, what do they call them? The wild boys. The wild boys. That they're hanging around with. That ain't the support system you need. Right. You need a parent figure who's going to kick you in the ass and say, this is not what you do. Right. That's why I've always respected, was it uh, Emma Watson? Who didn't even realize how rich she was because her parents made her keep doing chores. She had to go to school. At yeah. no point did they let her think Hermione Granger was going to be there. No. And now what do you have? Pretty well-balanced kid. Very well-balanced kid. And who's got a great sense. She didn't even realize they were millionaires until a couple years ago. Right. I mean, granted, you, know, you could say that and go, oh, right. But she had to suspect. However, her parents didn't let her see any of that. Right. She the, she had her chores. She had everything else to do. She needed to be a kid and learn what's right and wrong. And there's so much to be said for that. Yeah. Instead of just, oh, you, you know what? You may be 16, but you can buy us a brand new house and everything. Run with it. Yeah. And uh, sorry, that doesn't help. I feel terrible for Cory Monteith. Because mm-hmm. Cory Monteith, apparently, when it came down to it, and I'm not saying he didn't have a support system, because Leah Michelle certainly said the right things. Sometimes you can't protect people from themselves. No. You can't be there 24 7. Right. And unfortunately, I think that. And in this she was case, nowhere around when right, she was he, he, somewhere. He, and let's be honest, he also did the worst. Of, there aren't many things you could do worse 
other than maybe going to like uh, Cambodia or Thailand at that point, Canada, you can get about anything you're looking for too. Right. U.S., there's plenty available. I always thought that if you were really trying to rehab, the worst thing would be is like in New Orleans where all you do is walk down Bourbon Street and find what you want. Go to Canada where there's a shit that's a bunch of shit that's legal. Right. It's, it's, I don't know, I, to me this is just a sad, sad loss for someone who had been trying to get clean and just flat out couldn't. Glee will never be the same. Probably not. <laughs> not that I've ever seen it. But I, again, I would never knock a loss on something like that. Well, apparently they're going to do some, some. Well, the first two episodes had already been planned. There's some like they're going to be like a Beatles thing for two episodes. But then there's the third episode, which is the last, the last episode before they break for the uh, the baseball playoffs. Is going to be a tribute to him, and you got to wonder what. I mean. It'll be interesting because you got to figure that the emotion there uh, of the actors in this thing can't it's can't be fabricated. Oh God, no! It's got to be true. It, it would be, it would be completely palpable. It, it, would, it sounds like it's hit them hard because it, yeah. again, you're talking a cast that's pretty damn tight knit, right? And most of them who you've never even heard of before this show, right? And Monteith, I I have yet to see anybody come out and say, "Oh, the guy was a dick." No, he, Everyone no, he to wasn't. a man is saying that this guy was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's it's horrible, and I hope they, I hope, I hope for the fans, I hope for the the cast members, I hope for the crew around it that they do this and do it right. Because mm-hmm. to me, it sounds like someone that flat out deserves it, a fan base that deserves it because they had an investment in him, and certainly a cast that does. So yeah. do it and do it right. If you're going to do it, go all in. We'll see. Uh, we can. Anticipate that probably be in their highest ratings of the year. So, oh, you'd have to think. But anyway, guess what? It's Pop Ninja's podcast number eight. Yeah, we started a little heavy here, but I think it was justified. Yeah, you know, we get we get rolling, we get ranting and stuff. Mm. So, Comic Con went, came and went again, and we and weren't we weren't there. there. <laughs> Jesus! All right, three I, fans. Here's our ask of you. Yes. We're going to start a Kickstarter. You each know need to donate. Fifteen hundred bucks. We'll send you a signed photo. Yes, we'll send you a signed photo from outside of San Diego. Yeah, but, you know, I want to go so bad, and then again, I don't want to go so bad. Oh, it... it's and it's basically just because, you know, if you're gonna, if you've got, if you're going to experience the Comic Con, I think for some length of time you have to experience Hall H. And you mean 12 to 14 hour wait yeah, to get into Hall H? Exactly. Like the Marvel panel, which you know there were people oh, a day prior were flop, sure. flopping out. And I'm not sure I could do that. I don't think so either. Um, that one hour we spent in line to see James Mars, uh, Marsters was yeah. pretty long to me. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? And maybe that's, you go there and you just have to forego the Hall H. I mean, we're not, you know, spring chickens anymore. We're... We're fat, lazy dudes who don't want to stand out in the sun for 14 hours. Mm. Maybe you just you just accept the fact that you can check out some of the lesser panels and some of the lesser areas. You know, you, you can go go catch I don't know the uh, uh, I don't know the Lords of Salem panel or something. <laughs> Apparently, there's a Stars of the Internet panel. You you know what would be cool? Something like the Geek and Sundry panel. I'd sit in on that in a Absolutely, just to see Will Wheaton and Felicia Day. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking now, even though it's funny, as a guy who who loves Star Trek Next Generation, I hated Will Wheaton. 
Right. But it's only because his character is terrible. Thing is, he said everything right. He's a nerd through and through and has embraced it. Which is why you got to live Felicia Day. I mean, she mm. has truly embraced it and ran with it. She and could, she's given she hotness to the... She could be the perfect one. As much as I love Olivia Munn, there's still part of me that sees that as an act. Felicia Day, there's no act here. That is no. Felicia Day. Absolutely. I mean, it is her entire life, and she's embraced the fuck out of it, and that makes her that much hotter in my mind. Yeah, she could She could be the perfect one. She is the geek queen, if there ever was one. Yes. Um, but anyway, Comic-Con has come and gone, and some big doings. You think? Some big doings. Which is funny, because this one is supposed to be a... Co- Going into this Comic-Con, there wasn't as much excitement about it. Is there a whole lot of people? I mean, unless you were excited to go to the Metallica through the never, uh, never. I mean, we knew that that some stuff would probably come out of the Marvel and DC panels, just because something always does. But not at the caliber that we got. It's like they were trying to outdo each other. And everybody's saying how Marvel sort of stole DC's thunder after DC's announcement. I don't take it that way. I don't take it that way. Because all, I mean, realistically, what we got from Marvel, three of the movies they discussed, we knew were coming out. Well, actually, all four we knew were coming out. We just didn't have the answers on the fourth one. Right. So I think DC actually had the bigger news. Oh, yeah, and we're talking about uh, the Batman-Superman team-up. They're, they're sort of tentatively, it's, it's being implied that it's like a Batman versus right. Superman. And I'm not too sure what that means yet, but it's pretty significant that they're putting, um, well, easily their number one character against likely their number two. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least cinematically, for that, sure. Um, so the question herein lies... Is this lip service to the fans or a desperate move? Um, realizing that DC has sort of been in a shambles. I mean, you have the... the Certainly, yeah, DC pictures. Right. Well, you have the Christopher Nolan uh, series of, of Batmans, but those have ended. And they're also not DCs in particular. Right. They're, they're Warner Brothers, right. but... But but the question is, I mean, and they were always sort of like their own little animal anyway. Yep. They never felt like, you know, that green uh, green uh, lantern debacle right, right. Or, or the 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 Superman prior to this one and that. Um, so to to put these two characters together in a flick, is, it it seems like a logical. When you step back and think about it, it seems like a logical thing. But it also, until I see the final product, it's also reeking of desperation. They want to cash in on on the Avengers box office. Without rolling out a Justice League movie. Right. Well, they can't. They, they, they haven't can't built the foundation Justice, enough right, yet. Right. You can't roll out a Justice League movie first, like they, like they anticipated a couple of years ago. Because... Other than Superman and Batman, that's all we've seen. Right. Uh, the Green Lantern, you, dude, that's and, and that's, that's the problem. Sh- yeah. They got to figure out before the Justice League movie how they're going to approach this because yeah. people's last taste of Green Lantern was not good. I think you have to reboot it. I think you need and to I think too you have before to, Green and, Lantern. And I don't that blame movie. necessarily Ryan Reynolds oh, for no, Green no. Lantern. I th- I just think it was a terrible script. But I also don't think he works as Green Lantern. 
If in in this new universe, I think that Hal Jordan is too close to Ryan Reynolds' quirks, and I think that the problem with that is people know the way Ryan Reynolds is, and as soon as you saw him as Hal Jordan, you said, "Well, it's Ryan Reynolds." Yeah. Unfortunately, too much alike. But as soon as then you saw his face there, all you ever got was Ryan Reynolds. And I just don't think they gave enough. I mean, when you're talking, the biggest villain in the movie was a cloud that didn't do any fucking thing. (laughs) It was not good. And even the the whole idea that you need to embrace the Green Lantern movie is the constructs, which all we got was the Matchbox racetrack set thing. They didn't do that right. So basically, and you didn't even get Sinestro until the very final shot of the movie. So what you got was... Basically nothing. Yeah, it, they didn't do anything. Not that I even like Green Lantern, but I know enough about it to know that what you got in that movie, if you're a Green Lantern fan, wasn't Green Lantern. You got this totally freaking washed out version that was just felt like they were trying to sell action figures, and that was about it. Yeah, no, I I, I hated it. I and mean, Green Lantern is not one of my favorite characters yeah, either, I, but. Um, it's not one that I ever got into reading. But they anything. need to appreciate the love for Green Lantern that's out there. Right. And unfortunately, before you do a Justice League movie, Green Lantern is a part of Justice League. You yep. need to figure this angle out. And then Wonder Woman is is completely untapped at this point, Which cinematically. Which you keep hearing rumors now, all of a sudden they want all in. Well, you know what? You had Joss Whedon. Yeah. He well. was, he, you had the guy who's the leading person when it comes to doing... Female characters. Yep. You could have had a Joss Whedon run Wonder Woman movie and you fucked that up. Yeah. And he went and did a little movie called The Avengers as a result. So right. way to go, DC. Yeah. Then you've got The Flash. We have nothing on yet. And another character that you got to be really careful once you give because there are very... You could just give fast-running Flash... Which, that ain't going to play out anything on a screen. But right. isn't there the whole things about his metabolism and everything else that they built into the comics yeah. that you can do? But, again, there's no groundwork done here. Well, and that's just it. Yeah. Because if you start out with a Justice League movie, and you have no vested interest in the character of Wonder Woman or the Flash or, or you know, whatever new Green Lantern stuff, then why do you care about the damn Justice right. League? You know, that's that was what was good about the Avengers is you had history with all these characters prior to it. They did it right. They right. they built from the ground up. Whereas the original plan for the Justice League movie back that the writers strike destroyed was we're going to give you a Justice League movie and then we're going to do the offshoot movies. Yeah. The problem is you haven't built the foundation, and at least half of that movie would have been building foundation of their relationship. Right. Unless literally you start off like meanwhile, yeah. And that's not going to... You can't do that. You can't right. show them all sitting there like, well, right. you knew this was coming. They have to They have to work as a team, you know, going into this. You've got to see how they came together, the reason yes. for it. Because, again... And that's what Whedon did so well with the Avengers. Right. It, that he showed that there was these, these five or six type A personalities and the struggle it was to become a team, but eventually... The, the one event happens that brings them together as a team. And that would totally be lacking in a Justice League movie. And I will even give them credit in the Avengers film. They used one of the greatest lines ever for Stark. Where he basically made the comment, what, we're ticking time bomb. Well, yeah, and, Ruffalo and said a, that. We're not oh, that's team, right. That was Ruffalo. Was, yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. That's a perfect line. Because that's the way you need to approach this. Is You use the right to type A personalities that are all used to being the center of attention. They are the focus, and they need to share time. And they need to figure out their own little piece where if you just throw a Justice League movie out there, it wouldn't work. 
And so, bringing it back full circle here, while I do think that DC certainly feels a sense of urgency mm-hmm. in doing this, I think this was this is probably the best decision they could have made, was putting their two big guns together in one movie and and seeing where you can go from there. Because this here is something that was, that should appease the DC fan base mm-hmm. for a while. It's going to buy you some time. It's going to buy you some time to add to, to construct other movies around the Wonder Womans and the Flashes and stuff like that. However, I like Zack Snyder. And I didn't hate Man of Steel by any stretch, but... The last 45 minutes of that was Ugh. very Zack Snyder-ish. Right. In a movie that I'm not sure needed that touch. And I'm not sure, I'm a little concerned that he's doing this one and they're bringing the Batman character in. Because if, if there's one character in one, one film out there, one film character out there that doesn't need that manic Zack Snyder approach, it's Batman. Especially considering the work that Nolan and Bale did in crafting what most people consider to be uh, the best variation of Batman and, on the big screen. Well, and I agree, but I think I think fans would do themselves a big service by just pushing that whole Dark Knight Nolan thing out to. of your mind. You have to. You can't go into whatever whatever the next Batman thing is, which looks like it'll be the Batman Superman. You can't go into that expecting. That this is going to be some, something out of the Nolan Batman oh, series. Even though, they, here's the de- question. Is Nolan locked down for a multi-picture deal to oversee these? Because he, he was uh, helping oversee Man of Steel. I don't know. I don't know if he's got the same kind of deal that uh, Whedon has it. for no. Marvel. I don't believe he does. I'm not aware of it. It, it, it. If he does, I would argue, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Because I do think it's important... That they craft a new Batman here for these movies. Well, you, know, you have to. I mean, they, they don't want a sample from what we've already seen. Right. Because uh, otherwise, I don't know if there's enough space on the screen for both characters here. Right. Um, and, I don't know, there's opportunities for them here. I mean, this could be opportunities to address some of the problems that the end of Man of, Man of Steel created. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe this is you know how how Batman doesn't kill. Period. This is a good way to maybe address that with Superman and how what he did at the end. I mean, there's there's opportunities here for them to right their ship. Sure. And I would say the ship's not overturned. Oh God, no! By any stretch, you could definitely see the Nolan influence in Man of Steel. But at some point, Nolan like went to take a nap in his trailer or something and left Zack Snyder alone with the CGI. <laughs> like I said, I like Zack Snyder. Thought he did a great job with, with Watchmen and stuff like that. But but he went, like, Sucker Punch there at the end. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I love Sucker Punch, but here's the here's what I kind of suspect happened with Man of Steel. And that's that they listened to Internet Flame Boy, who actually had a point when they said that the problem with the last Superman, or Superman Returns, is... That he didn't throw a single punch in the movie. They're right. He th- well, actually threw one. He punched the island made of the freaking uh, shards. Mm. You need to see Superman at least fight a little, taking the villains out. At no point did he in this movie. He said he was creepy stalker guy. Yeah. But I just kind of get the feeling Zack Snyder said, "Well, then I'll give the guy give them what they want, right. and I'll have them throw punches." 
Okay, and you can do that. You just don't need them taking down eight blocks of Metropolis and doing so and over forty-five of minutes. Of lives, right? I mean, you you need to at some point go. This won't work with the, what people know about Superman. Even if you're cont- can, your your point is that well, he hasn't come to the decision that he's here for people. Right. He wouldn't make that big a jump after killing two hundred eighty million or whatever number we want to throw out there. Right. People, he, he would have come to this decision a little beforehand. So I, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I here's my issue. I, I fear that when you throw Batman into this, they need to also be careful of creating a new Batman in a movie like this. They because I don't know how much time you can give to showing the creation of a new Batman here. At least in the other Marvel movies. The only person you could say had been robbed so far as screen time would be Hawkeye. We'd had some uh, of uh, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow. Black Widow. We and we'd certainly had a full movies in the other people. In this case, unless they sample from what we've already seen, John walked into a Nolan. They're going to have to create a new Batman. Yeah. So they got to figure out how to work that into the story. Now, if rumors are true, and they're basically going to say it's like a year removed from the destruction of Metropolis, and that's basically what's got freaking Bruce Wayne's panties in a wad, is here's this quote-unquote hero who's come to save humanity, and yet he's killed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in doing so. He's no better than the villains. And Bruce Wayne's got the money to help build, maybe with a certain bald-headed villain who's been known to throw money into things. Yeah. It can be wise. Well, I wasn't thinking Vin Diesel at that point. <laughs> I, I was thinking Matt Damon from Elysium. Oh, but, right, you know, right, right. It, it, you can see the basis for it, but they they got to be careful not spending too much time on building Batman here. Right. Well, no, you can't, we don't need any more origin. Or and, and that's just it. I, I think at this point you got to say, people know Batman. Yeah. We know the origin at this point. We just need to say, it's if they're going to go a year in the future, it's a year in the future, Bruce Wayne's pissed. He sat here and watched Metropolis fall into ruin. Yep. Now how do we handle it? Right. Meanwhile, on the other side of 8 Mile, you have the Avengers, or you have Marvel. And the big news there was that uh, Whedon has announced that Ultron will be the big villain for the Avengers 2. No, you'll have to forgive me because I don't uh, know I'm, about I'm not really up to speed on my Ultron either. And I, as I understand it, they're sort of... That's fine because they're sort of molding his origin a little bit to accommodate this, uh, this movie. You're not going to get, like, the true comic one, which will be interesting to see, you know, how many flamers uh, are pissed off about that. Um, and they're also, apparently, Black Widow is going to be playing a huge role. I've been hearing that, and I like that, dude. I like that a lot, because I know what Joss Whedon can do with a strong female character. Have you read Internet Flameboy now blasting Whedon, saying how stupid the Black Widow character's been so far, and how poorly written? Stop it. Just, just, just come on! It, 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 sorry, Internet Flame Boy. It pains you to have a female that's the hero of a movie every now and then. I love Black Widow, and I Absolutely. think that there's so much untapped potential here because I always liked the idea of a hero that's not a quote-unquote superhero yeah. and that has their flaws. 
I mean, if you want to go back to the fact that you don't even know if you can trust her, and I've even heard some people saying that they're hearing rumors, which I totally, which I buy a totally rumor, because I don't even know that the screen play here was completely finished, that in the end, she ain't going to be what people thought she was. Right. But it's intriguing, and I love the fact she's getting this much treatment. Yeah. No, I, I have no doubt that Whedon can handle that character in a big role. Perfectly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we got Thor coming out towards the end of the year, which looks good to me so far. Um, Thor, yeah, early word is that the... What, well, I, I love the way that they presented it, because what, Kevin Feige or Feige mm. basically rolled... And everyone knew going in you were going to get Thor and Captain America in the Marvel. And they basically rolled out the people from the Thor cast and showed a clip that involved... Well, it's a throwback to the trailer where Thor approaches Loki in the cell and says that if you, was it, not cheat me again, but I will kill you. Betray me. I will kill you. And then they, I guess this trailer, this clip they showed had Loki betraying him. And it involves Thor being trying to call him the older and no longer really being able to do so. Um, I guess it blew people away. And I guess Hiddleston came out in full Loki costume mm-hmm. and everything. It was basically... Yeah, I just hammed it up for like Just totally minutes. hamming it up in front of the audience. And then, you can see it. You can see that on YouTube. Dude, I, 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 I love that. And I'm... As much as I wasn't excited for Last Thor, because I've never dug the Thor character, I'm excited for this movie, dude. And I, I'm thinking that... Marvel's just doing it right. Excited for Maggie, uh, or not Maggie, um, Jamie uh, Alexander is uh, Sif. Sif. Oh, I was thinking Maggie Sif from. <laughs> yeah, not same person. Um, yeah, it almost looks like there's going to be a little uh, little jealousy play there between uh, Lady Sif and uh, Natalie Portman's Natalie character. Portman, yeah, yeah, I I, I think that, that looks like they're doing it right. Yep. But then they rolled out with Captain America, an early word. The Winter Soldier. Is that that looks incredible. And that this um, one's going to be different in as much as it's not playing off like a superhero movie. Right. Almost like a, a, I don't want to say a detective movie, but kind of that way. That there's evil afoot and they're, they're not just throwing shield around fighting constantly. Right. Yeah, no, that that looks awesome as well. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm still not too sure what to make of yet. That's 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 I, their wild card right now. And, and everything I'm hearing is that they'd only been shooting for like 18 days, and yet they still had clips. Yeah. Now, obviously, there was no CGI in them, right? Or, or very little. They hadn't done all the work, but I guess Rocket Raccoon was rolled out for some of it. <laughs> um, and people say it looks great, but it looks like basically the approach here is. Marvel, but far more comedic. That they're taking the approach that this is almost like if you did a comedy superhero film, you got uh, the Guardians. Hmm. But then the big one, of course, Avengers 2. Yeah. Which and is 2015? Yes. 2015 is shaping up to be another one of those years, dude. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. But you know, I find myself now, it's like... As I get older, I'm like, I can wait for 2015 now. You know, if I was yeah. like 25, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the Avengers in two years. Now I'm like, slow down a little. Well, <laughs> it, it, is it me or, or to a certain extent, and I'm not saying Hollywood stop. 
But we geeks of the world that have been waiting for our time to come oh, in movies. Our time is where we, we'd get movies like once every couple of years. And so your summer films, there were like three or four you would see that you knew you had to. When you're talking every third week, there's a movie you're looking at going, to a certain extent I'm going, can we get back to the way it used to be? Oh, where dude, it, it's, I just don't have the frantic. time or money anymore. It's just frantic right now being a movie geek. And you just, it, you don't even get time to let it well, absorb that's just it. it. But even between these, these, you know, two or three week blocks where these movies come out, you've got all this incredible indie shit out there for film nerds right. like us to find and, and to watch. And, and how dare that. they roll out the summer anyway? Come on, why aren't you coming out in January when we're sitting going, I yeah, wish exactly. there was something we could see. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not going to do well now. <sighs> Come out in September, October when there's yeah. nothing else. February, there's nothing else, no reason to go well, to the Fortunately, theater. that's what we end up going to see in, in February is, is our Oscar, Oscar movies. Right. But it seems like right now... They're trying to slip some of these things in during the summer. Mm. I mean, you're going to bring one up today, which I won't discuss now. And plus, we've got Spectacular Now that's coming out, which are movies that don't are, aren't summer films, but yeah, here they are. Yeah. And it's just because, I guess, to a certain extent, I think it's because the Cinemaplex is so freaking crowded now with the, with the uh, tentpole movies mm. that the little theaters in L.A. and New York are sitting there saying, well, we can't afford to get in Pacific Rim, so what are you going to give us? Fine. Spectacular now is perfect. Yep. Give it a limited run, and we'll call it good. Yep. So, one of the things that came out of Comic-Con, we knew about before Comic-Con, but one of the stuff, uh, one of the movies that's coming out next year that I'm totally pumped for is Godzilla. I'm intrigued. I am a big fan of... You know, minus that 1998 debacle. I'm a big fan of the Godzilla character. Mm. That was one of those things when I was uh, um, when I was a kid. That was my go-to Saturday afternoon. Oh, the creature double feature was the Godzilla flicks, oh, yeah. and that oh, was Godzilla. Yeah, and as awesome as those were, they were also creepy. When you're a little kid, the thought of some giant like Gila monster mm. coming out of your your ocean. And start that's that's scary shit. As long as Godzilla, as soon as they brought Godzuki into well, it, was yeah, done. then it then it got all sci-fi channel right. you know, and did some stupid. But things. the early Godzilla ones, dude, were great. Well, the original Godzilla is is great. Yep. Um, you know, I was okay when he started fighting. I, I always liked Rodan and things like that. Yeah. Um, I like the was it. Uh, what was the the robot dude that went super um, tall? What Mecha Godzilla? That one? No, no. There was there was one where Godzilla joined up with a. It was a human sized robot dude that could then grow, and he and it fought a couple oh, of villains, geez, giant I things. Remember. I always dug that one. I don't know. I guess it was a robot, so I got yeah. Right, um, but yeah, I love Godzilla, and it looks to me like Gareth Edwards is is definitely. Holding on to the traditional Godzilla here, the the monster certainly looks more traditional. Yep. Um, you know, we've brought in an all star cast with uh, um, Brian Cranston, Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. Um, everything I've seen so far has got me geeked up to see this flight. And the time is right. We got the effects that you can do it right mm-hmm. because I, I mean, even as a kid, that was the one thing lacking in Godzilla. I was like, all right, go on. The dude in the costume. 
like you said, when you're a little little, you forgave a lot. But eventually, it started getting tiresome. Well, now we can some do it right. Shit, too. Right? Oh, no question. But now we can do it right. They mm-hmm. can do a real Godzilla movie. Well, they could have done one right back in nineteen ninety-eight, but they didn't. Yeah. But they 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 took everything that worked with Godzilla. All all, all they thought was, oh, we just need a monster. Oh, and a great person to cast as the hero of your film. Because oh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Broderick is badass. Yeah, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller us. slash Inspector Gadget. Right. Um, yeah, they missed everything that was right about yeah. Godzilla in, in that film. That was Roland Emmerich, right? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. Fucker. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, looking, looking forward to that. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch base on... It, Shows that have def- definitely been, let's just say they're they're in the autumn of their existence, to say the least. Family Guy and The Simpsons, but another smart play I think here, breathing a little bit of life at least into a few episodes. Uh, they're going to do a team up. Finally, you're going to see Family Guy and The Simpsons in the same show. Mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. There is so much potential for this to be a riot. Now it's going to be interesting because whereas Simpsons has always been, you know, a little bit edgy, but not to the level of the family. Right, family uh, Simpsons was it had its tongue in cheek moments that would go right over a kid's head. Right. Family Guy didn't blunt Way anything. Way more in your face. Yeah, right. They just let it fly. And from what I understand, this is actually going to be a Family Guy episode mm-hmm. where the Simpsons are going to get caught in Quahog. So are they willing to take the Simpsons into the Family Guy fold here? I, Dude, I can't wait to see this episode. Um, I will be all over They're this. already talking about like a five-minute Homer-Peter uh, fight scene, like the chicken fight. Well, they got to. Yeah. They have to. I mean, let's be honest. The first time when you really sat and watched Family Guy, your first thought was, so this is The Simpsons, realistically. Yeah. The same family dynamic to a certain extent, except in this case, Santa's little helper actually talks. Right. But it, it was always the same thing. Oh, you brought up Santa's little helper, and I just, I thought, dog. Um, apparently, they're also, there's going to, they said there's going to be a member of the Griffin family that will be uh, killed off this season. And they haven't said anything about who. I predict Brian. Brian makes the most sense. They're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna kill a kid. Even Family Guy is not going to off one of their No, well they don't want to kill family. Meg because Mila Kunis is too attached to the, the franchise. And uh, Brian Yeah, you could kill Brian. Oh, I would think you would. I mean, I mean, he's a dog. Brian, and he's just been the foil in this show. He's he's always yeah. been trying to be the voice of reason in a show that never had me. And, and then and then they said that 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 character will be replaced by another character. It it just everything points to Brian here. Apparently, Cleveland's coming back to Spooner Street. Well, it's because Cleveland was the uh, Cleveland show was canceled, which lasted three that years longer than it needed. Terrible. It was horrible. Um, Unless so Rollo was funny to you the entire time, uh, dude, I, I I watched I think about the first six episodes yeah. of Cleveland Show, and Terrible. I was like, done. Yeah. Hey, well, it, it, did they say it's going to be a family member who dies? Yes. 
Well, it's going to be a member of the of the Griffin clan. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, it's got to be. Brian. It's got to be Brian. You're not going to kill Stewie. You you you, you no. kill Stewie. This show's done. Yeah. Well, I I would have argued that you kill Brian, but because Brian is a great character, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's the most logical. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, anybody calling racism because the Cleveland show was canceled? <laughs> You think Apparently they today's, weren't even watching it. You though. think in today's uh, today's climate out there that uh, so oh yeah sure they killed the car- the cartoon black family yeah uh, yeah it's called ratings that uh, were not ever good. I'm wondering if uh, if Cleveland's bringing the whole fam the whole Cleveland show family back to Cohoe. Well yeah because Loretta's not part of the picture now it's his Cleveland show right. wife right. which I can't tell you her name. That show's terrible. Yeah, I have no idea. Who but. I remember there was a big bear and a couple of yeah, fat Albert the bear that's kind of got the German accent. Yeah. Um, here's what I think is good, though. The Simpsons, to me, that is my, I'm a massive Simpsons fan. I gave up watching this show about six years ago, seven years ago. It's It really... I can't even say that it, that it got tired in its writing style. That's not fair. It just felt like they were just randomly pulling shit out of a hat now to find things to write about. Right. And, it, no, I mean, it's gone 25 plus years. So, it is what it is. It's had one of the, it's had arguably the best run of any show out there. Yeah. But it, I don't know, I don't have the urgency to watch it. Suddenly, I now want to see what The Simpsons are going to do. Because right. Homer is arguably, arguably my favorite character come out of TV in the past 15 years. Right. Homer Simpson was fucking awesome. And you basically have him going against Peter Griffin, which you could argue was a ripoff of Homer all along. Right. And all the characters on the show were. Yep. It was just, they took a Simpsons character, amped him up times ten, there's the Family Guy character. Yep. But yeah, this this could be entertaining. Or it could uh, suck. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Alright, so th- those are some of the big stories out of Comic-Con. Um... No douche of the week this week. Just no time. No, no, I'm sure there's plenty of douches out there. We'll just say Justin Bieber's a douche. Yeah. Three times later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll come back in a second, do a little what we watched this week. Come on, Nanny. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. <laughs> Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamorous strikes, bigger than life. Sitting in the darkness, what a world to see. Let's go to the movies and wait and see. So finally, as busy as I've been, I've managed to catch a few yeah, I was beginning to feel like I was outdoing you. And that isn't well, right. You, you were for a little while. Normally, you, you'd roll out. So I saw seven movies, and I'd throw out one episode of something I'd watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I hadn't been seeing shit for a while there. But, uh, no, I've actually saw some stuff. Um, just want to kick back before we get into the flicks we saw and stuff. And figure it was worth discussing the Orange is the New Black. Yes. The new... Uh, uh, Netflix dramedy, I guess you could call it. Yeah, more drama than comedy, but drama. And there is some comedy to it. Now, I thought that they had sold themselves or pitched themselves as more of a comedy than a drama, but I agree. 
It's way more drama. You definitely a lot more drama than the comedy. Um, I've seen three episodes so far. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm invested enough to see what happens next. I, I think you're a little bit more on board with it than yeah, I am right I, now. I love but the you're, show. you're also a couple episodes ahead. Right, and I will say the last episode, no Jason Biggs in it. Once he didn't even appear for three seconds. Perfect, because I hate Jason Biggs. I got a Jason Biggs story actually, which will further back you. He's a dude. The station I listened to, HEB out of Portsmouth, yeah. had him booked as a call in interview, and he stood him up oh. two weeks ago. Awesome. They, he didn't acknowledge, didn't do anything. Just didn't yeah, know. And they were like, so, him. yeah, apparently was, I heard just this week. Yeah, still waiting for the call in from Jason Biggs. He only said he well, had it. We lost down the time. Talent was fucked oh, anyway, was, and he's just a douche on top of all that. Yeah. Thinks that Thinks that his opinion matters to fucking everybody. You know whose opinion Jason Biggs matters to? Only Jason Biggs. Right. Because he's a fucking douchebag. Yep. And that, I mean, maybe that's what's holding me back from, from pronouncing Orange is the New Black is the greatest new show. Is the fact that I have to see that fuckwad on screen. Last for, episode, not, like I say, oh, not three just, seconds. He got a credit in the t- in this title sequence because it's just pre-recorded. Right. That's it. He right. was not in it. And and to, to, to me, I, I think the show's brilliant, but it's... You know, I, I, I watched it last night. I made the comment to my How wife. How many you in? Five, six? I'm five. Five, not three. Um, so actually it would have been two episodes ago. I don't remember if Biggs was in the last one. I think it was called Chicken or something, Chasing the Chicken or something. Um, what I like about the show is I, I think they did a good job. A lot of times you see shows about prison, let's be honest. Then they find people that look like they walked right out of a magazine. And you, oh yeah, they look like they've been in prison. They look hardened. Yeah. This show, to me, they did a great job of finding, <laughs> of casting people, even celebrity people that have their share of imperfections, and it works. I mean, I I love Laura Prepon. I've been a fucking huge fan of hers since seventy uh, seventy show. Then I thought she was harder than Mila Kunis, but here she looks right. She mm-hmm. definitely fits that party. You can see her in the the mid nineties, being that girl that. Was into moving drugs for money as part of her of what she discovered during college. She has that look, and it works. And I think that's what works about the show is I think to a certain extent it captures realism right. and that a realistic character to me, and I like that. Right. I really like the fact that to this me these characters are tangible. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. This certainly is not any kind of realistic look of what it's really. No, like no, 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 of, no, 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 no. Like I say. To me, the characters are tangible. Right. They, these feel like people they that look you look like could prisoners. <laughs> right. They look like if you walked into a woman's prisoner prison, these are the people you would see. Right. And what I do like about the show, I love the latest run we're on right now where you introduce, you have a show around one character, but you introduce 30 other characters and just donate, each show have like 10 minutes on the background of this character. Well, and what Lost it is. Well right. They, you know, and it gives them depth. And yes, you can even, the way Lost did, it was certainly in the background, you see, free, uh, you see one of the characters wandering through the background like, oh, this person was at a car wash. Oh, look who was getting their car wash in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. This doesn't go that route, but it certainly gives you backstory and it makes you appreciate. It, it's the whole idea that even as prisoners, they each have a story. Yeah. And some of them may be dirtbags, but some of them are there because the circumstances dictated something that they do. Right. And and to me, it's, I like the show a lot. 
I also will say I give Netflix a huge bit of applause here. That there, it, I love these pay channels, and I, I'll throw Netflix into pay channel that are willing to give uncut shows and give a good amount of room to do a great show, and not worry about ratings, not worry about child, child uh, kid audiences. Just put something out there that's worth seeing. Well, did you notice that uh, I haven't watched any of it yet, but I want to the House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. I've seen one episode, which is also another Netflix yep. original thing. And they they sort of uh, broke the mold because uh, I think it's Spacey was nominated for an Emmy. Mm-hmm. So you got a, a television Emmy nomination from a Netflix Flix program. He deserves it. Well, that's why. I, I but but that, certainly, but, but it, sure, it's fascinating I mean, the way things have gone, dude. I mean, talk at least. At least the the Emmy board or whoever nominates the stuff is is starting to realize that the best TV out there has nothing to do with the big four networks. I mean, you're always going to get you a bunch of comedy shit coming out of that right. stuff, you know, because because it wouldn't be a year if fucking Thirty Rock and Alec Baldwin and shit, Modern Family isn't nominated for shit. Um, but but a lot of that too is that there really hasn't been any mainstream level comedy stuff on those other stations. I have no doubt that once they start getting there that you're going you're going to start seeing that happen. Well, Louis, Louis is a perfect example. Uh, you're never going to see the league or people from the league or always and sunny get and that. that stuff. It's a different type of comedy. But Louis and his show absolutely is it, deserving it, it, of it. Whether or not you, you're a fan, um, he's at least intelligent. Um Right, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus with Veep. I think she. Gets I've heard nominated. great things about the show. Never seen it. I've seen some of but, it. It's it's funny. But you've been on board for uh, girls. Oh, look, you, you 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 love that show. And that's that, that's borderline comedy. It's funny. But, but I've heard though it's well done, well acted. Which is why I'm excited for you to to whenever you check out Francis Ha because. I, I, I honestly think your enjoyment or lack thereof of that is going to determine whether you like girls. Because for me, it's very like that show. Um, but we're off. We're off. Well, topic actually, here. though, let's. I want to do. Want to spend a few minutes because one thing though that Netflix has done, which I'm not sure what I think of it, is the idea of rolling an entire season out on first release. I like it. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, and as much as it. It goes for the binge watcher. The problem with it is water cooler talk is gone with it. There's no more excitement about what you're going to see next. It is, in effect, eliminated. And I think that that is something you got to be... They need to figure out how to traverse these waters a little bit. Because I think there's a lot to be said for water cooler talk. Well, no, I I totally agree with that. Uh, But I think there's... There's good and bad. There's pro and con to this argument because a lot of times, yeah, you want you, you, you know the cliffhanger. You, know, you want to see what's going to happen next. But in that same regard, by the time that next comes around, you're like, a lot of times you're like, fuck, I don't even remember what happened the last time. Lives are busier than they used to be. Mm. I, I think that I think there are more pros than cons to releasing shows this way. Binge watching has become something 
that pe- far more people do than ever. And, ever and before. this is never going to be a model that gets rolled out to not the for the major things, networks. Major networks. This is but, be a, and that's why it'll be interesting to see how long Netflix does it. True. I don't know if they'll do it forever. No, it's working for them now. And I certainly don't even see an HBO doing it for Game of Thrones or stuff like that either. No, no because they, they, the other thing missing from it is the old lead-in idea is yep. gone. Yep. You can't ever have a, oh, this show is the lead-in for that show. Right. And it, it goes out the window when you dump all the entire season yep. at one shot. Yep. However, I do get it as much as you and I both said, at times there's enough we're trying to follow that you start forgetting which shows you're caught up on and which ones you're not. When if you can just go to your Netflix crew and go, what episode? Of, oh, that's right. I stopped on number six. That's what's telling right, me. Right. And start from there and you're good to go. Right. Um, oh, and it's something we talked about a, a few podcasts ago, too, is that, that I like, for those shows that aren't just being thrown out there so you can binge watch, I love the idea of having that after show like The Talking Dead oh, or uh, Talking Bad now, which Hardwick yep. is going to be doing that as well for AMC, where your water cooler talk is right on there with people right immediately after the show mm-hmm. when it's fresh in your mind and you're like, holy shit, holy shit, um, rather than having to even wait a day or two and try to remember everything you wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, there's there's pros and cons. Yeah, and, but yeah, it's not a model that would ever work for the major networks. But God, uh, God loved Netflix for going this route because they had such a bad year last year. Yeah. And I think that they, I mean, you've heard that their stock is rebounding everything else. Well, you've got to believe the program is certainly on that. Arrested Development, House of Cards getting a I lot of I still have not hit Season 4 of Arrested Development yet. Uh, I'm about halfway through. I'm not digging it as much, but everybody that I've listened to says that once you get through it and you realize this basically comes full circle, then you need to sit and yeah. watch it again and everything well, makes more it's sense. It's hard to pick up something like that six years after the fact. Right. Um, so, I mean, even a even a subpar thing of Arrested Development is still going to be better than any shit you're going to roll out on, on network. Um, but yeah, I, I like this. It'll be House of Cards now. I mean, and what was the what was the Eli Roth one? I didn't hear anything good. Oh, uh, Hemlock Grove. Uh, yeah, but it got picked up for a second season. So. Well, and again, I think it's funny because my, my wife watched it one evening. So what do you think of it? Meh, it's all right. Next thing I know, she sat and binged the rest of it. And she, yeah. Well, actually, she dug it more than... it. I only saw bits and pieces of it. It, yeah, it, oh, it felt like I'd seen it before, but yeah, I have. It, I, I've seen the whole werewolf. It may be true blood or whatever else, but it, I've seen it. But anyway, Orange is the New Black is the new dramedy on netflix and And after three episodes i recommend it yeah i you see i i like it a lot more than you do and i but i would certainly agree that if you're not a jason biggs fan first few episodes will start wearing on you right because he is does have those faces you just want to punch when you see i can't stand anyway um so i caught three like real flicks this week three solid flicks I'm gonna have to go two and a half when I bring mine up because I don't know the, the one that I watched last night counts as a real. Fl- yeah, well, it, it they're getting ten bucks for a VOD for it. You paid ten bucks for that? No, I found it on Play On. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> that, so that's what I thought too. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll start out. The first flick I saw this week was Stoker, which I gotta see this. Fin- well, at least finally I caught up with it. Stoker. Um, 
it was getting a lot of critical love, and it looks really good, but I found it boring. I found it boring, and I found it to be sort of pointless. Um, this this girl goes to live with her mom. Her dad is, uh, I want to say her dad died, and she goes to live with her mom, Nicole Kidman, and then all of a sudden there's this uncle that shows up at the funeral for the dad, um, and he's just this weird dude, and at some point he becomes sort of like a killer, and he's sort of not taking the girl under his wing, but trying to get like closer to the girl, to know her better, and it seems like that he was around when she was younger, but he was kept from her, and he's sort of erasing everybody else around that's that could like explain to her what had happened and 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 how bad of a dude he is and stuff it it, it never works dude you do get hot nicole kidman in it um which you also got out of uh the paper boy I, i'm digging the hot nicole kidman thing because she's oh, somebody that she's always back in the mid 90s was just slamming absolutely well you're getting now there you get like the milfy version of that oh i'm all over yeah that. which is which is awesome um, yeah, Stoker was, uh, I, I think there was some potential here. I think it looks good. It's well acted enough. I just didn't really get the point. It was, it, it was really just kind of boring. Isn't that kind of the case in, in the quote unquote critically loved films at times? At times. It's, it's like the, it, as a fan who can watch things with the critical eye at times, that's mm. where the disconnect comes from is. And I would go a point to Tree of Life as a great example, where you're looking at it going, gorgeous, beautiful look, imagery, yeah. but yes. what, the, what was the point? Yeah. And, right. and you, you at times wonder exactly if the director even had one at times. Well, that's, those are the types of films that, I don't know, maybe if, if there was like some sort of commentary and stuff where you're listening to the guy explain what mm-hmm. his point, are, great point, point is, but... Those are the types of films where you don't you often get that because mm-hmm. they're like they're like artists and just the camera is their their paintbrush and they want you to to uh, interpret it and stuff like that. I ain't got time for that bullshit. Right? You know, I, tell me what your movie's about and then I'll decide whether or not it's worth investing the time in. Stoker for me was just boring. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I still want to see it, but I'm tempering my excitement to see it. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly no melancholia or anything like that. Because oh, there's only one of those. But but that's still, that is, you know, at the end of the day, that's still the bucket I would put this movie in. You know, melancholia is just way off the Well, that was a like, sleep what, capsule what, on, yeah, on whatever the Whatever the fuck you're trying to say or do like that. But this is the same thing to some degree. And I don't mind. I don't mind movies that make you think and make you sort of interpret. Yeah, and you can do that well. You can do that with the with the uh, sound of my voice. I was going to say the, the Jeff, Brett Marlin pictures or, go or, right in there, right? Or even the Jeff Nichols stuff with mm-hmm. mud and take shelter and stuff like that. But the end leaves you like, whoa! What did I just see and stuff? But but it's it's an entertaining and and, and gorgeous and, and well done movie leading up to that point. Yeah. Where Stoker just was just boring, leading up to that point, and uh, just, yeah, it was, 
it went by quick enough. It's like an hour and 40 minutes and stuff, but it was just boring. What'd you give it? Uh, two and a half out of five. Two and a half just because it's, it's good to look at and the acting was decent and it's hot Nicole Kidman. But, yeah, it's kind of a snooze. Definitely, you definitely don't want to go into that look thinking it's going to be something you can just check out of and, and understand. And maybe huh. maybe a second viewing would do better for it. But, yeah. Maybe I was just tired. I don't know. Yeah. So, Ready for me? Oh, well, absolutely. All right. Well, I also have seen three films. Um my first one, as you knew from my... Are you going worst to first? Or? No. Okay. I'm going... Because I am. Least, uh, far, furthest back to most recent. So actually, mine are going to play out just the opposite. Right. <laughs> um, a week ago, I caught a film that apparently a lot of people wanted to catch, and I caught The Conjuring. And as you remember, my, my, my first texts and emails to you were not as beloved of the film as, as they come around to be. Um... The Conjuring is a film about Lorraine and Wallace who... Warren. Uh, well, yeah, Warren. Who were also the investigators behind the Amityville uh, horror. And apparently, if you've read any review, anything on them, including in this movie, they've been in hundreds of these type of paranormal <coughs> investigations. In fact, they have a room in their house dedicated to, to things because they basically keep a memento of each site. Creepy-ass room when they show it in this movie. Um, and, and The Conjuring's about a, a investigation they did around the Perrin family, who, a lot like the Lutzes in, Am- in Amityville, bought this a house but uh, that had something in it. Unlike the Lutzes, who bought basically a mansion for dirt cheap, but with its own boathouse and everything else, and there were always questions about how true it was because it... Also, sound like they couldn't make the mortgage or anything else, and were trying to sell a story. In this case, the parents bought a piece of shit farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in Rhode Island, and from the get-go started having things happen. Uh, first morning, they wake up, their dog that they left out is killed. The kids getting tugged out of bed. Um, they play this weird game called hide and clap, which is the creepiest game, version of hide and seek ever. Except in this case, the the, the seeker keeps their eyes covered. And tells people to clap three times so they can try to find them. And it it it, it builds up to an interesting in an interesting direction. Um, early on, uh, my reviews of it were a little less friendly. I'm at the theater and people are flipping out about how horrified they are, and I don't get that way in a movie. I I, I can be creeped out. But this was one of those films that people were literally speaking out loud about how much it was bothering them. And I felt that it was being embellished. Well, you know, I hear that, but these the same types of people who will speak out loud about how Grown Ups 2 was the funniest thing ever. Right. Oh, it was so hilarious. But no, I mean, though, I'm sitting there and audibly people are going, oh my God, out loud, I, don't, don't open that door. I'm literally hearing <laughs> grown dudes our age saying... I wouldn't do that if I were you. Like, are you being paid by the cinema to come and say this shit? And here I am with my wife and two teenage nieces, and we're going, huh? It, the movie itself brings the creepy, and I think it brings the creepy better than any movie has recently. The More pro- so than Insidious. 
I think so. Because yes. I thought Insidious brought yeah, pretty good I, I, I do believe so more Same than director. Insidious. Right. James Wan, and I'll give him credit, he's, he's caught the right way to go with horror. Enough of the jump scare where cats jump out of the closet or off the bookcase, a bird flies out of the fireplace somehow. Again, if you've read my article, I, I referenced just a great quick two-second shot where the wind is blowing and they've got a sheet hanging on the clothesline drying and it pulls off and wraps around a figure for all of half a second and drops to the ground. That shit is creepy to me. When you bring that element to it, that there's something in the house that can see them and has a form when it wants to or needs to, now we're taking things to a different level. And Juan, I think, is James Wan has captured that. Um, what I think is sad with this movie is arguably the greatest story in it is told in the first five minutes. And the, the movie begins with them rehashing a different investigation they did of a doll named Annabelle that some retarded college students renting an apartment had. And Annabelle is reminiscent of that clown doll from Poltergeist. Even though if you actually look up Annabelle online, it's actually more of a, a uh, Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Annabelle, there, there was a ghost in the house that the ki this kids thought was in there, and they made the mistake of basically telling the ghost that it could take Annabelle's body. And they could use Annabelle to be its vessel. And Annabelle becomes its vessel. Whether or not you believe this thing is another story. But now you have a creepy idea that this spirit takes over this doll. And it does things like they chuck it in the trash because they, they had it. And next thing you know there's boom, 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 boom on the doors at night. And things leaving, uh, something leaving a note at the base of the door that it's coming to get them and will be back. And this shit is creepy. And yet Annabelle sits in a glass case in their museum. I, I think what James Wan has done is he's actually found a way to start a franchise around the Warrens without having to rehash the same idea Has he indicated that that's something he wants to do? No. And, and that that's to me is where it's going to be interesting. Or are they going to pursue this franchise and not necessarily James Wan attached to all this? And you, you got to believe that they did. They included the museum in the house for a reason. Well, the amount of money they made, you know, they're going to come out. With Shit, dude! Movie. If the movie costs under twenty million in the first week, it doubled that. Yeah. It, it if you go in and if whether or not you believe these kind of things, and I'm I'm always a little skeptical on based on true events, even though I fully yeah. admit my mind is willing to agree to buy in some cases I things that go bump in, in the night, right? And I've seen enough things to say, and times things that go bump in the night are the things that go bump in the night. Regardless, this movie does about the best job I've seen of the paranormal movie in a while, and is certainly worth watching. Doesn't have any reason to be rated R. I can't give you a single reason. Well, Insidious was PG-13, too. Um, yeah, but this is rated R. Oh, this is? It's full-on R. Uh, There's right. not a single F-bomb in it. Well, There's no blood and no murder. Huh. It, it, no, I mean, that's there's surprising. references to it. I can't give a reason for this movie to be rated R. There's hmm. none. Um, and I, if you're somebody who's who's a quote-unquote horror family, that the kids have seen Insidious, there's nothing in The Conjuring, though, then then you should keep the kids from. It's not that kind of movie. I can't tell you why it's there. Um, I 
in the long run, I dug the movie way more than I thought, and I would definitely give it a four out of five. It's certainly the From best thing out there for horror movies in a long time. And one, I think, is getting it right. And I'm now really looking forward to Insidious Chapter 2. Yeah. Did he do Insidious Chapter 2? To my knowledge, he I did. I think he did. Yeah. So, yeah, I, The well, Conjuring's It's, it's a good seeing. time to be a horror fan again. It is. I think. With Finally, because we had some dark times, dude. Oh, well, it was just all just torture porn. And shit. Well, it was torture porn and rehashing franchises that should, should have been buried a long time prior. Right. All right, so second flick I saw this week was uh, the new Nicholas Winding Refn, Ryan Gosling team-up for Only God Forgives. Now, I was a big fan of Drive oh, shit. a couple years yep. ago, um, so I was excited to see what these two dudes, Winding Ref and, of course, being the director. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a similar experience, but a different experience. It's certainly a lot slower and methodical than Drive ever was. Um, there's really not a lot that happens in this movie. It's very slow. Like I said, very methodical. This movie moves like molasses, but it's never to the point where you're looking at your watch like, oh, God, get on with it. Mm -hmm. It is just immaculately shot. And it's, That's kind of his trait. Well, it ta yeah, He's it, got it's a great very, eye for the right colors. It's very and... noir. Mm -hmm. um, it's very drive in that, in that say what, the, the colors from the lightings that just sort of pop, kind of stick out in the way... Almost like Dick Tracy did back in the day, where it was really just all about the colors, mm. only he does it with lighting. Um, and a lot of this movie seems to take place under like this this red sodium vapor hue. Um, and and I, that stuff amazes me because it, it, it always reminds me of like, you know, the seedy underbelly of mm -hmm. stuff. And that's exactly where it takes place it's the seedy underbelly of, of Thailand. And, and, and those things just infatuate me. Uh, I, I love that stuff. It's fascinating. And all this is is really just a, a revenge flick from start to finish, but, it, but not a whole lot happens here. It, it, you've got this, this crooked cop. You've got Ryan Gosling who is, who's pushing drugs, and he's doing it behind the facade of running a boxing almost like a fight club type boxing ring in the middle of Thailand. Um, and his brother gets involved with, his brother has a, let's just say a penchant for the underaged. And going to Thailand's right. a place to be. Well, and he, he's a hothead and he gets involved with, with some girl and ends up killing her. And this crooked cop gets in the middle of, they, they catch him and then they let the father of that girl come in, and he gives him a choice. Here's here's the guy who killed your daughter. And so the guy just, you know, he, he goes off and, and takes out Gosling's younger brother. Um, and then this crooked cop is just fucking ruthless. Now, I heard a lot of, a lot of the shit that came out of Cannes with this was people booing it and walking out because it was too violent. Dude, it was any more. Was it violent? Absolutely, it was violent. Was it any more violent than Drive? It's graphically violent, but it's no more violent than than uh, any Tarantino movie you've seen out there. It's the same same amount of violence. I'll I'll be blunt. 
the way that the audience is reacting to oh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah the fucking Frenchies. Right. They, they, yeah. they freaking... They, no one takes them seriously anymore anyway. Right, right exactly. Um, and and somehow the, the this this cop's like, I gave you a choice and you... But he killed my daughter. He doesn't like the fact that he killed this guy. He was like, you had another daughter. She, that was your choice. Was Was to go and protect her. But you chose to do this, so... This cop starts going off on this freaking killing spree in, in this brutal way. And then Ryan Gosling's mother, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, shows up. And she she's sort of a scene stealer. She's just this over-the-top, almost like like a godmother level thing. And they even like insinuate... It never goes there, but the insinuations are made that she's had, let's just say inappropriate relations with her children in the past um, and wants the head of this dude that killed her son. And it turns at some point where she, where it's like this battle of wills between her and Ryan Gosling and this crooked cop dude um, and it, that that's what this whole thing is about them finally coming together at the end. And there's some imagery at the end there, which I don't understand at all. And I won't, I won't spoil that here. It's just like, I'm not too sure I understand what Ruffin was going for with, with Ryan Gosling's character in the end. And you'd have to see it. And I assume you will. Oh yeah. I, I definitely um, want to. Um, at the end, it sort of leaves you in a like, well, why did they do that kind of thing? I, I I totally recommend it. If you're going in expecting Drive, you're not going to get Drive. You're just going to get a gorgeously shot film that's very methodical, very slow, but never boringly slow. <laughs> See, that's where Stoker kind of went wrong. It was slow and it was boring slow. This here is just, it's never boring. There's enough going on. To make you interested. And in and, and, and the parts where it's real slow and nothing's going on, it's too gorgeous to look at that you're not even distracted by the fact that nothing's really going on on screen. Um, I, I give it I give it like a three and a half at most. Three and a half at most um, out of five. Only yeah. God forgives. So what you're saying is though. Booing and storming out of cannons. No. A bit retarded. If you if you were happy enough with the level of violence in Drive, and that, there was some violent shit in there, um, there's nothing in Only God Forgives that's going to offend you. No, I definitely want to see it. Uh, again, and Drive's one of those interesting movies where you and I, when we first reviewed it, we liked it, but we came around after our review on that one. Yeah. That's one that begs a little bit of time to sit and think about. Let it soak in a little, and that movie takes on a different different spin. I definitely want to see it. A widening reference to me, I'll I'll give him credit where credit's due. To me, he's one of the better noir directors out there right now. Yeah, I was a big fan of Bronson. I only saw it once. No, but when it comes to the noir look, I think he's got it figured out. Oh, yeah. Drive, especially. Oh, gorgeous film. Um... But and that's what I found here to be a very very stylistic, very very roughing. Um And Gosling's Gosling. He he's going to brood and say and not say a lot. Yeah. There, I, if there's if there's a hundred lines of dialogue in this, it's a lot. 
Oh, that's that's saying yeah. something because drive. There were whole what thirty second shots where you that yeah. that's what set up was kind of off putting for us. Yeah. It was like the scenes where he and uh, didn't feel what's or putts were just standing yeah. in a room, Carrie Mulligan, not saying anything to each other. Right. And we're going, I'm uncomfortable watching this. Yeah. It's like two just total social inept trying to re uh, trying to enact it or have some kind of relation. It just doesn't work. Yeah, this uh, this almost could could almost has a feeling like maybe like. Uh, Almost like a pre-cool to drive in a way, because it was hmm. a very similar type of character for Gosling. Yeah, but, I definitely got to check it out. Yeah, I I, I recommend it if, if you're a fan of Drive, check this out. Or if you're a fan of the style of Drive, mm-hmm. check this out. Cool. All right. Well, I will. Uh, my, my next movie is. I think there's a kind of parallel here to, to what you just reviewed. And mine will be Trance, uh, a movie that came out early in this year. It's a British film, which most people have never heard of. Danny Boyle, right? Danny Boyle film. Same guy who actually uh, did the uh, the television, the Olympics, the opening ceremony, yep. closed ceremonies. Yeah. Yep. And, and it stars uh, James McAvoy, who early on they show that he is a... Uh, I don't want to say an art dealer. He's one of the people that does the that helps run the auctions for very very expensive pieces of art. And they show that he gets that he's addicted to internet gambling, and basically he gets in way over his head. And to to avoid being too spoilery, the movie starts with the, him talking about all the different uh, fail safes put in place in case they're ever held up. These auctions, recognizing that they're dealing with multi-million dollar pieces of art. And, of course, the, the very first scene is them being held up for one particular piece. And it, it, they showed the, the lead crime boss handling the attack is Vincent... I'm going to assume it's Cassell. I'm going to assume the syllables in the second half. Although, I may, who's known for a ton of shit, but for those who saw Black Swan, he was one that was the male lead that directed the, the Black Swan. Um, and so you'll go, oh, that guy. Um, and basically, within the first 15 minutes, it, it's clear that he and McAvoy were working together. That McAvoy was in debt to the mob for tens of thousands of dollars. And basically, he and Cassell worked out the fact that, look, if you agree to let us pull off one caper for one piece of art, we'll eliminate all of your debt. You'll never hear from us again. So they work out a deal to steal that one piece. The problem is it involved Cassell hitting McAvoy. Well, Cassell goes a little harder and jumbles McAvoy's memory. So when Cassell gets to the end point and finds that the painting ain't there, McAvoy worked out another way of getting it to him. So that way Cassell didn't know all the truth. If he was ever captured, he didn't really know how it all came together either. Nobody could piece it all together. Well, the problem is if all of a sudden your lead person who's the only one that knows doesn't know what happened to the painting, now what? And what they do is they bring in a psychotherapist played by Rosario Dawson that basically can do research into memories that have been buried, that kind of thing. From there on out, the movie becomes basically some twisted version of Inception where you start going into double or triple layers of people's memories. The problem is where Inception's memory pieces all had a lot of action, a lot of plot. 
this has a lot of just fucked up imagery that you're trying to wade your way through. At times you flat out won't know what's real, won't know what's fake, and you really have to watch it. This is one of those movies that, I don't know about most people, but if you've got a movie going and if your kitchen's close, you'll just run out to the kitchen and grab a drink. You can't even do that with this film. Because you're afraid if you miss 15 seconds, you're going to miss that one image that unlocks the whole movie on you. And it becomes problematic as like shit. Like Holy Motors? It, a lot like Holy Motors, where you'll sit there and go, okay, so where, you've hit me with the right, where's the left? Right. At some point, it's going to come, and it does. It, I, the way I described it to you is, think of it as Inception meets Memento, where everything you think you know about the story will be completely unmade by the end. Without giving anything away, it is that. This movie will play out that everything you believe you know about this plot will be totally turned on its head. The problem is it takes an hour and 40 minutes to get there with nothing but imagery. It'll work for some people. For a lot of people, they will flat out despise this film. It, it, it'd be one thing if the imagery had a lot going on. Again, a lot of times it's just sitting on a bed staring at somebody for two minutes. Or just, con- or just an image of Cassell swimming in his pool inside of his mob house or whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Stuff like that, which is fine for a few. It, it plays out long. Um, the movie itself is entertaining. Gorgeously shot film. And one of the weirdest soundtracks I've ever heard. I don't know who they chose for music director. It worked. But I don't know how they ever got this to work. Um... I recommend it, but I'm doing it a little hesitatingly. If you are, an, if you're an impatient person, this is not your movie. If you're one of those people that thought Memento was overrated, this is really not your movie. You need to be willing to invest the full amount of time without any distraction. If you are easily distracted, don't bother. It's. I enjoyed the film. But take it for what it is. I'd probably give it a three out of five. Again, it's gorgeous, but it's just not going to work for many people. All right. So the last flick I saw, which um, I gotta see. Yeah, you do. Um, just on a whim, Friday after work, I went over and I caught the whim. Well, way- uh, actually, let's say your whim was you were sitting at work. You're like, I'm out of here because I wanted to see you when you were gone. Going back. They still testing? Wow. Holy God. Yeah, they're, they're going. Nice. You're recording this? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> so, yeah, their kids are fighting hard. Cool. Um, so the third movie I saw, um, The Way, Way Back. I loved The Way, Way Back. I, I want to see this It has so bad vaulted... All of my top five from my article to number one of the year so far. Mm. Uh, so far, I, I, I don't, I don't anticipate it'll stay number one. But it's so I, you're saying this movie has a better turn for Steve Carell than Burt Wonderstone did, dude. I, I'll tell you, and, and there's, there's nothing comedic about Steve Carell in this movie. Steve Carell proves that he has some dramatic chops. Uh, for me, I just point at Little Miss Sunshine, which, which I never saw. Oh, dude, he he was brilliant in that movie. Um, and I've never been a Carell hater at all. No, I've he's always, a, I've always liked Carell. 
Um, but he, he turns in a great performance here. But who takes this movie? And and I know it's the middle of July and it'll it'll probably get overlooked when the time comes. But boy, I'm gonna be fucking pissed if Sam Rockwell doesn't find some supporting. About actor. time for him too. Dude, he is he is phenomenal in this. And he does carry the comedic part of this movie. Um, it, it's basically Steve Carell is him and his daughter are these rich people and Steve Carell is dating Tony Collette and her son is just this real awkward, nerdy, non-social dude. Um, and they're taking a trip or taking a vacation out to the East Coast. I, and I, I, it, I don't know if they're from California. I don't, I don't know if they ever said, but take it to the East Coast because they have a beach house. Uh, I don't want to say it was out in the Hamptons because because it certainly wasn't that that level of, of rich. But just this beach community, the type of community that, in a way, like an old orchard beach, but a little bit more high class than that, but not like super high class. Just one of those communities when if you're a kid or even an adult... That's where you just want to go hang out in the summer. Mm -hmm. Just where where people just open up their houses throughout the entire freaking town. Just grab your drink, go into this guy's house, sit with them for a while, talk, parties, big blowouts in the backyards and shit. Big water park where the kids go. It's just the place you want to go to hang out during the summer. And of course... The, the rich bitch daughter, who it's never about her, but they, they just portray her as just the, the rich bitch. You know, mm -hmm. she, you know, dad just grabs beers. He's like 16, you know, because dad doesn't give a shit and all this kind of stuff. And and Carell is just a total douchebag to especially the kid. Uh, one scene is, is very, it's almost poignant because they're like taking the trip over there and they're in the car. And the daughter and, and his mom are asleep. And Carell's driving and the kid's in the back. So I, it must have been set. Let's say it almost feels like a, an 80s, 90s vibe to it. Because it's, it's, it's like one of those paneled Griswold station wagons where you actually had the seat in the back that faced out the back window. Oh, yeah, the one that used to flip yeah. up. Yeah. Yep. And that's where the kid's sitting and stuff. And, and Carell's like, 1 to 10, where do you see yourself? I can't remember the kid's name. He's like, and the kid doesn't want to talk to him because he thinks the guy's a douchebag and this kind of stuff. And he finally pulls it out of him like, I don't know, a six. And Corral, me, is straight face, like, I think you're more like a three. And he's just being a douchebag like that because I don't see a lot of potential. This guy, and I'm like, and you're sitting there like, holy fuck, you douchebag. Who says that to a kid, you know? Anyway, as it's going on, the kid... Clearly doesn't want to be there. He's shunned by the, the girl and her friends just because they're rich people and stuff like that. And and he's just, he doesn't want to leave the house. He's just treated like a douchebag by Carell. The mom is, is sort of like starry-eyed here. She she just, she doesn't, you, you get a sense she sees it, but she's so, her self-confidence in herself is so low that she's willing to tolerate Carell's bullshit and that. And she... She sort of ignores a lot of his douchebaggery and stuff like that. Well, the kid finally goes off into town, and he runs into playing Pac-Man in, in like a little diner. He runs into uh, uh, Sam Rockwell's character, 
who we come to find out is the owner slash manager of the water park Waterwiz, oddly enough. That's what it's called, Waterwiz, um, in this town. And he starts, you know, he's, he's very snappy one-liner kind of guy, but kind of like those words of wisdom one-liners. And the kid just sort of gravitates to him. And to escape the shitty family stuff, he goes to the water park and just hangs out on a bench. And that's where he starts meeting up with uh, Sam Rockwell's character again. And basically, Sam Rockwell and the rest of the staff of this water park, and Maya Rudolph is kind of like Sam Rockwell's love interest, and there's this other dude who's just one of the lifeguard guys. They sort of take this kid under his wing, and, and eventually the kid starts opening up, um, you know, starts to feel part of something and stuff. So it's, it's very coming of age but it, it the character kid is somebody you're totally rooting for through this whole thing and um throughout the course of the summer and and mom and and trent steve carell's name uh, character's name was trent no clue they just they just get on his shit because he disappears all day and all this kind of stuff and the kid sees right through carell catches him uh making out with another chick um uh, uh, on the side of a, a house during a cook-off and stuff, and the mom knows it, but the mom just won't, just doesn't want to do anything about it. And the kid finally gets up enough courage and just goes off, and it, it's it's just one of these stories. I mean, a lot of the characters outside of this is very um, the kid. I wish I could remember the kid's name, but the kid is um, this is his story, completely his story. The mom, which is Tony Collette and Steve Carell's character, I love Tony Collette by the way. Uh, yeah, she's great. Um, it, it, they get some play in here because it, it needs to be established that they're sort of the catalyst for how miserable he is. Duncan, Duncan, um, they're sort of the catalyst for they, all the other characters, like the sister and the um, uh, Allison Janey plays the drunken neighbor lady. She's a freaking riot. <laughs> if not a little bit over the top of Drunken Riot. Uh, Rob Cordry's in it as um, uh, just one of the husbands of somebody. He has a couple decent lines, but they're very secondary characters. You're not going to get any time invested in in building them up to anything more than just side characters. This is very, very much Sam Rockwell's character and Duncan. Um it, just, just very, very well done. Um, can't, can't speak highly uh, enough of it. Definitely, definitely check it out. I, I, I know I came out of it saying this is a five out of five. It's probably four and a half out of five. That's fucking solid, dude. Yeah. You don't hand out grades <laughs> like that often, though. No. Um, yeah. It, it's, it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Um, you know, Steve Carell just pisses you off because he's such a douchebag, but you're rooting for this kid, and, and you know the kid knows that he's a douchebag, and yeah, it's, it's just awesome. It's a great flick. I had to find a way to escape from work this week and go see it. Yeah. Uh, the only way I can see I'm going to get to see it. Yeah, until it comes out until on it, disc. Right. It, it's totally worth checking out in a theater just because it's, it's that good. Hmm. I thought And you want to support that kind of film. Hmm. Which, yeah, you, you hit the can in the head. If we ever win Powerball, not only opening up a geek shop, but we're going to buy a fucking theater. So these kind of movies get some real play in Portland. 
Yeah. Was, yeah, because, you know, I, this could be out for a week or two. Yeah. I, I imagine this one will be out for a couple of weeks. But, but there are so many movies that just don't even get that here. Well, you didn't even... I mean, the Bling Ring, I think it showed up at Nickelodeon for a week or two. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Right, which, which to Nickelodeon's credit, it's a shit theater. It's an old theater. But it does give some love to those types of flicks. Right, whereas they could easily still roll out first run. They'll bring in the tent poles, but they will also give some... I know the East came here. Cinemagic never touched it. I'm I'm shocked to hell Cinemagic even touched Francis Ha, to be honest with you. Yeah, that that shocked me. It seems to me the bling ring would be more mainstream than than Francis Ha. certainly. (coughs) Granted, they gave it a week, but at least they gave it a week. Mm -hmm. That's all I ask. Just give me a week... Yeah. With these movies to give them a shot, but there's enough of them out there that you could you could still fill a calendar year. I mean, you, with a few you, that'd be a couple week holds. Are you honestly telling me that that people are going to see the fucking opera on the big screen? Yeah, Steve's you, getting pissed you know, for something we both have argued about. If you go to Cinemagic out here, the first trailer we get is for people doing big screen versions of the opera. That basically they're recording things going recording on at the and Met and yeah. turning it into big. And so they'll use on Saturday nights, they're rolling the Met recordings out. People must be going. They have to be. And we're getting raped because they've been showing the same trailer for two years for uh, You know, and, and it's... All they do is update the date of the next one. Yeah. So I can't get the fucking bling ring at the good theater, but I can go see fucking... You can see Madam Butterfly yeah, on the big see screen. Carmen on the big right. screen. Oh, fuck you. Douchebags. Anyway, four and a half out of five. The way, way back. Best movie of the year to date, in my opinion. So I'm going to give you one of the worst movies of the right year. Or, well, not. I can't go that hard. But I saw a movie I, I wanted to see. That's because you saw After Earth. Yeah, that. That's Please the tell worst me it was even better than After Earth. Was it better than After Earth or worse? Is what do you want it to be? <laughs> so it can be either, is what you're saying? No, I'm just curious yeah. what you'd want it to be. Oh, I want After Earth to be the worst movie yeah, of the year. After Earth is still the worst movie of the year. <laughs> because After Earth, they spent that much money to make it. Because After Earth was probably trying to be good. Right. Whereas this and one, then, not necessarily. This movie is what you get if basically you have a whole bunch of people, like from Reno 911, whatever, that make a movie. And it's, and that's Hell Baby. Um, and, and Hell Baby had been looking to find a, a distribution company to, to put it out there. And for a good six months. This thing's been wrapped since some point last year. And it stars, and as soon as I say the first character, uh, you know you're in trouble when he's the first character, and that's Rob Corddry. And well, he was the headliner, though. He was the headliner. Was say, like Rob Corddry was in the way, way back. And, but as soon as he's the headliner, unless you're children's hospital, <laughs> don't put Rob Corddry as your number one. He was also in Rapture Palooza. Right. Which I thought was horrible. Leslie Bibb plays his wife. Who is most known as being the, uh, well, actually, now she'd be most known for being Iron Man. She's the blondine reporter in the, that, keep, that that bedded him in the first one that keeps popping back up. Yeah. Um, but also she was most known for being the one in Talladega Nights that ends up getting with Ricky Bobby. Hey, driver! And flashing her boobs and she says, he makes a comment, oh, I hope you're 18 years old. Um but basically, she's pregnant. They buy a house in like the the worst ward of New Orleans, and the ho- and the very first night while they're they're getting unpacked, Keeg- Keegan Key, I'm losing Keegan Michael Key of Key and Peel on Comedy Central, 
the 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 lighter of the two black guys. Who, <laughs> but he uh, he's a fucking riot. Appear, uh, suddenly appears the in their mocha, window. Not the latte. Right, <laughs> appears in their window. Basically, coming. Oh yeah, I come in. I sleep in your crawl space in this house. And he's basically said, Oh yeah, in Spanish. And basically, he just keeps reference. The house is like the house of the dead. There hasn't been any murders in this house in this calendar year. Well, in the past two months, there hasn't been any murders. But basically, the whole story unfolds that this. It, it, so this is a comedy. Full on comedy. Okay. Done by a whole bunch of comics. Yeah. And it, and it's kind of a who's who. Of the podcasting comic set. And I, I word it that way because Paul Shear's in it. Rob Hubel's in it. Uh, Kumail Nunjani's in it. Funnily enough, Kumail Nunjani plays a cable guy. <laughs> so, of course, the Indian guys, he, he shows up to install their cable and internet. Um, but both guys, are the lead guys from Reno 911, Tom Lennon and... Oh, I'm losing the guy who said the black mustache. Doesn't matter. You'll, you'll know the two guys there in it. Um, and basically, it's that the house is, is possessed, and it decides that this pregnant woman's going to be the vessel for bringing back Satan. Oh, it's Satan's baby. The movie has a few chuckles, and if you, it certainly gives its nod to New Orleans. And they, they play it off. They keep going back to one po'boy shop, which is actually a real po'boy shop. This piece of shit New Orleans restaurant supposedly has the best ones out there. The problem is, that's what this movie has. It basically is an hour and 30 minutes of jokes that you know that somebody thought was funny, but aren't landing whatsoever. Um, Sounds very Rapture Palooza for me. My favorite person in this whole movie would be one of two. Michael Ian Black, who again is from that same set. Um, if you ever used to watch the, uh, uh, the Best Week Ever, I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s, you go, oh, that guy. He's done a whole bunch of stuff but never been able to land a major show. He plays a, a counselor trying to talk to Leslie Bibb that basically she eviscerates and hangs on the wall. Um, and also Ricky Lindholm, who's been in a bunch of stuff. She's a a blonde, younger comedian who plays uh, Leslie Bibb's hippie sister who wants to come and do a cleansing of the house. Um She's borderline funny in this, but nothing about this movie is funny. It really, at times, again, Key is about the funniest part of it. That's just his being the dude who lives next door, but is somehow living in the crawl space. Explains to the couple, oh yeah, it's way easier if you were trying to open your window from the outside. See, I can lift it right up from the outside. You can't lift from the... If that's funny to you, you'll love this movie. If it's not funny, like grown-ups too. it's going to be 90 minutes of, oh my god, this movie should never have gotten wide release. It's released in major cities now. It's also VOD. I did not do either. I'm not going to say how I saw it, <laughs> but I didn't do it illegally. Um, yeah, this movie's not good. It it, it really, I, I find Reno 911 guys funny, and the, the two guys wrote it, Tom Lennon and the other dude. But at times you have to wonder what it is exactly they find funny. And that's the problem with this movie is you know at points they were laughing and yet you're sitting there going, this is not funny. It's not even worth a second look. I give it a 1.5 out of 5 and don't ever plan to return to this movie again. 
Hell baby. Okay. Don't do it. All right. Awesome. So, that's what we've been checking out this week. Yeah. We also checked out something else. And we'll come right back and talk about it. Yes, sir. The Wolverine. Snickety snick, bitches. <laughs> trying to find you for over a year it's an honor to meet the wolverine that's not who i am anymore for many years i have wanted to thank you for saving my life Send for you only to thank you, Logan. I wanted to repay you. A gift to equal the life you gave me. You have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. Snicked, bitches. The Wolverine. Already, I was going to say, I don't know what else to do at that point because that's all Jay ever said. Yeah, well, it is. Um, so we saw the Wolverine today. We did. Um, were you a fan of uh, Wolverine Origins? I really hate that movie. It's terrible. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I certainly, I certainly see the flaw. I thought there were some good parts to it, and then certainly it wasn't great. Uh, it did, certainly doesn't stand up as some of the better X-Men stuff. And I like the X-Men. I, I, I wouldn't say I put the X-Men or any of the X-Men characters in the top echelon the of The films are overrated. The first X-Men... To um, me, the second first, film first was, was by good. far the best. The first first one's good. good. And, um, uh, and first class was good. Right. Well, let's rephrase, though. If we're talking the original group... Because, yeah. yes, you could say, well, Logan, uh, the Wolverine was in the, the, the first class... For arguably the best cameo ever, but he really wasn't in first class. And so if you're looking at just the first three X-Men movies, to a certain extent, people have overrated them, though. Because at that point, I mean, you're talking X-Men 1 was, what, 2000? Uh, A while ago, yeah. So we really didn't have much to compare it to for superhero films as of yet. Now that Marvel's got such a huge library, it's become different. Well, this is interesting, because while it's still a Marvel property per se this is a fox 20th century fox movie and it's getting a little confusing because now we're like we were talking earlier you're getting sort of like separate timeline movies here at some point you have to cross them over well but can you i don't know 
Um, and, and yeah, to Days some, of Future Past is going to be an interesting movie to see if that's what yeah, they do. Yeah. Um. Anyway, getting back to this, like you said, you weren't a big fan of Origins. No, not at all. I, you know, I take it or leave it. And, and let me say, I, it, for me, it wasn't that I disliked the whole Sabretooth Liv Schreiber thing because I recognized Sabretooth had already been in the first X Men movie and it wasn't Liv Schreiber. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even dislike it was his, that it was his brother now. So it, I just thought the movie, to a certain extent, a lot of people have knocked the straight Marvel films as being like two action scenes and then game over. Yep. That there's a lot of you get one action scene, an hour build up, and the next major action scene and done. That one really played out that way to me, and it also played out at times to be a bit of a CGI mess. And I was beginning to wonder if Wolverine couldn't carry a movie. Or at least not what we were seeing from Wolverine. Right. I think you could do a good Wolverine movie. I just didn't feel the first Origins film was it. Right. Um, so where where are you landing on this version of the Wolverine? Definitely a more traditional... I don't want to say Origin, because it's not an Origin. It, no. it, it honestly... It, it actually picks to... up from where we, were, we left off from the last Three. X-Men movie. Right. Yeah. The last of the original cast. Um... Yeah, um, so, but he does get back to his roots, because, and it does allude to that, there's, there's, because uh, it, it takes place in Japan, the whole movie takes right. place in Japan, well, not really Japan, but it's implied Japan. That it was filmed. Yeah, doing. it was filmed in, what, what is it, uh, New Zealand? New Zealand. Yeah. I think they must have, like, they must be dirt cheap to film in New Zealand, because that's Apparently, where Peter Jackson the entire, and all those stuff. Dude, the, how much of the credits were in Japanese? Yeah. Yeah, it was in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, are you asking me for my review of the movie or just yeah? This? Well, what, what your initial your initial take on it? Don't, don't you don't have to you don't have to dive too deep into it. Just I, uh, you I, walked away from this thinking this was really good, really really not good, really. Okay. Um, if I had to compare it to X Men Origins Wolverine, I like this movie more. Mm-hmm. I got a lot more out of this movie. But the problem I, I have is, I say that, then I'm going to say I didn't get much out of this movie at all. It This movie was interesting in that it had a story to tell. I just don't know that it actually told the story that it was building up to tell. There were, there were moments that, to me, played out ridiculously. The very first scene... Top of the train... I haven't gotten to that. The the very first scene in the bunker in Nagasaki played off not much different to me than the fucking uh, refrigerator scene in Indiana Jones. Yeah, I kind of, I actually kind of don't. Oh, maybe not, maybe not so much. Japanese dude hiding under metal plate ain't surviving that megaton blast. No, I agree, but I thought, I thought the effect of the blast was kind of cool. And I loved what it would do to Logan if he's put in yeah, this situation. Yeah. Because that to me is an interesting angle. I would argue the person who's trying to save would not have survived that. Not because you Probably found a not. hole in the ground. Probably not. Um, but the scene on the train, which is fascinating because that's the scene that they're playing so much in the trailer, worked horribly. Because it was well, cause it was bullshit. I mean, you know, I could... I could... Um... And, and here's just to set it up. They're on top of a one of the bullet, the bullet trains, trains that's allegedly going up to about 300 miles per hour. I doubt it gets that high. I don't know, but but very very fast. And I can 
I can reconcile myself to some degree that Logan can pull this off. But I've got... To some degree. To some degree. But I've got absolutely no confidence that just dude... Can keep slamming his dagger into the oh, room? come on. Let alone that it's well, going through the, the roof. The jumping things right. and stuff. And stuff. Always, every once in a while, he always just seems to look back just in time to see that he needs to either jump or duck. Right. And then he'll turn back his back to and assume nothing's coming for the next few seconds. And then it's like, oh, oh I'm going to jump again. Oh, come on. This would have never fucking happened. Things like that. When Hollywood gets their fucking hands on something like that, it cheapens the fucking your movie. Yeah, it does. And, and it, they didn't have to do that. No, they could have just had a good fight scene inside yes. the bullet train. Yes. Instead, no, they had to add the up. And almost instantly, the way they set that scene up, they showed that it was going to be outside the train. Yeah. Because the first thing Wolverine did was he swung and ripped right through the wall, yep. kicked the first two of the yeah. four off. Which also reminds me, how many were there? Because the at first it was four Simple. approached him. Yeah. Yet two he kicked out of the hole. And there were not just two that he threw off the roof. Yeah, I, I don't know. So all of a sudden they lost track there. That scene didn't work I at did, all. I didn't like that scene at all. Um, okay, so story-wise, I love the idea of taking Wolverine to Japan. I yep. do like that idea. Yep. Because you could certainly make... Some kind of comparison, which this movie does almost ad nauseum, of Wolverine to the Samurai. Yeah. And and I, I don't really have any issue with that. I, and I like some of the characters they brought in. But is it me or did this movie throw characters at you almost super, superfluously? They just kind of threw a character at... The first of the characters you meet disappears for almost half an hour. The, the pink-haired dude just goes away. She's... Oh, yeah. She she gets him to Tokyo. Yep. And then is nothing. Then half an hour later, she's at back. the final scene, she's coming back again. Yeah. It, I, I felt like if you well, had... she came in all badass. It was right, really cool. Like there was some investment. I'm going, oh, this could be awesome. And... The way the movie ends, they play it out like she's going to be part of it. But if you stay into the trailer, all of a sudden you have to question, is she even part of it at all anymore? Right. Because she wasn't in that final shot. No. Which, to me, cheapened that final, cheapened the during credit scene. Right. Um, this movie does a lot to build characters that all of a sudden aren't the same character, but it does nothing to tell you how or why they're at that point. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, they they spend a lot of time with Logan, trying to. Logan is sort of like a tortured soul at this point. He he's and I don't have any issue with that. No, I, I don't can either. See that. I don't either. But it's they seem to rehash the same thing over and over and over. This is a two hour and fifteen minute movie, and a lot of it seemed very repetitive. All the scenes with him in in, in uh, when he's having the, the dreams and stuff with Jean Grey. Which... Well, actually, let's say with Red Phoenix because it's Red Phoenix he killed, not Jean Grey. Right. If right, you right. really want to be a purist, Jean Grey was dead. It was, she right. become Red Phoenix. Correct. Um, but it spends a lot of time um, with him, which we presume to be in some sort of dream state. Yep. Uh, having discussions with with, with Jean Grey. 
Which I didn't really have any issue with. Well, the first or second but, time. But, yeah, exactly. But the fourth and fifth time, when it's really just the same stuff over and over, I, at no point did I ever get a sense that... Because the movie seemed to be setting up on whether or not Logan just wants to die or continue on being Logan. I never got the sense from Logan that he was looking to die. I never got that. But the implications of Jean Grey saying, come with me to the other side. Are you here to stay? Everybody in this movie seemed to to want to convince Logan that he should just give it up and die. But Logan was just sort of like, I I just don't want to be this hero anymore. I just want people to leave me alone. I never got the sense he wanted to die. No. But but they seem to want to push him to that. I, you know, I, I, there were parts of the movie I liked. I thought it dragged. It didn't really connect with me um, on any sort of emotional level. I, I, I really, I, at the end of it, I just didn't care. Yeah, I, I'm not that much in dislike of it. But I'm not saying I love the film. There were good parts. There were good parts. You could have got rid of a half hour of it. Oh, easily. Um, and I really, really, really need somebody to explain, and, and now I'm going to sound racist, but I, I, it's not my intent, how some of these Japanese characters change sides so quickly. Yoshida alone, I don't understand. Yoshida is the corporation the, that... that, that well, Yoshida himself is the one that well, saved Logan, thus Logan saved him. Yeah, yeah re- reset it. It starts out back at the day of the bombing of Nagasaki. And Logan apparently is in a in-the-ground well-slash-bunker right. in captivity. Yeah. And Yoshida is the one who's cutting the, the, the Americans... Prisoners loose when they see the two planes, the Enola Gay and whatever one is with it, right. coming in to drop its ordnance and wipe yes. out Nagasaki. Correct. And when he he cuts the American, the, the chain off the Americans' uh, bunker to free them, not that they're going to get away fast enough from what's about to come. And then he cuts. He thinks long and hard about it. He sees Logan looking out of his little slits in his his captive cage. And Yoshida cuts him free. And instead, Logan comes out and says, what's coming? You're better off in here with me. Right. And Logan basically finds piece of metal, which I believe was almost like the lid. But I, I may be uh, wrong. I think it was, yeah. And, and covers Yoshida with it when the Enola Gay drops its ordinance. And you have the, the, the nuclear... Which I thought was a great effect. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. shot, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It, I love the fact that almost, he was there. Almost like... Unnerving, and I, I found the very first shot of that was interesting because the very first shot of the movie was literally from their viewpoint, looking out across the water, and you see this this little bustling town. You see these two planes coming in, in the distance, yeah, yeah. and then they start the air raid sirens. You're yeah. going, "Oh shit!" And they pan back, and you see the the, the Japanese flying. You're going, "Okay." This is World War Two, Logan, which yeah. we had some reference to before. Yeah. And this is his little piece, and then all of a sudden you see one plane fly over and something big get dropped slowly from it. You know, okay, it's the Enola Gay. Yeah. It, it's dropping what was what would end the war. Right. Um, and and I, you can see why. And you can see why. And 
as much as I have trouble with the scene, the shot of Logan basically suffering through the pain and the burn and everything else was well done. Yeah. But what was wasted was Yoshida keeps trying to get Logan to take the katana. Yeah. At no point later on in the movie do they say why. I kept waiting for the katana to pop up again, but it doesn't. Well, because he even says, I'll come back for it one day. Right. And there are katanas later on. But not this katana. Right. It was like they, they kept building this up like it was going to play out later on, but it never does. Right. And, and later on, the only, the only thing he says at the end, and I thought it was cheesy as shit, two hands on the Japanese sword. Oh, I hated oh, that. Oh, God, it was stupid. And, yeah, we got it too, Logan. We we heard the same rule. Yes. And, and that's, what I, that's one of the problems I had, not to get off track. There was a couple moments there towards the end where it was like just this cliche thing that tried to tie from something earlier. Yeah, and, you're right. And for a movie that I think was trying to be above that, it fell into yeah. that trap way too no much. Question. Um, but but to your point, yeah, it, that specific katana, while there are katanas later on, it's and never... Yeah. And, and, and the only issue I have with it, it and it, to me, it's... It's just indicative of what they did with some of the characters in this film is you got a whole lot in a few minutes on what this thing meant and then it means nothing as the movie comes to an end. And and Yoshida, everything about him in terms of honor and everything else, spoilers, means nothing when you get to the end. Right. Uh, What was the main chick's name? Masoki? Makiro? Makiro, something like that. Yoshida's granddaughter, who... Early on, the girl you think is going to be important, she disappears for half an hour, yeah. at least, right. with a couple cameos to call uh, Mikori a macaroon or macaroon <laughs> cookie or whatever. <laughs> um, but realistically, it, it becomes about Mikori, Masoki, Maroki, and Logan, which that's fine. I, I didn't mind it playing out that way. And I will even say I like the fact that all of a sudden she's the girl that starts breaking in. And that made sense with the build-up around Return to Nagasaki. Yeah. However. You mean the, the Karate Kid 2 segments there in the second? That, thank you. <laughs> However, I've seen it and it was Karate Kid 2. And it, I, I, I knew where this was going. At the and, end, I was expecting people to drum. The other... The movie I'm going to reference is a great movie with an actor that can be sketchy. Tom Cruise's Last Samurai. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. The right down to wearing the freaking tie wrong around the, the, the kimono, yeah. which the female then says you're wearing it wrong and does this. You get the same shot in this movie. She yeah. does the exact same thing. He's fumbling with him going, oh, Jesus, I saw this. It was Last Samurai. And where did, where did the uh, romantic infatuation come from with these two? I have no idea. It just came out of nowhere. Because she wanted nothing to do with dude. No. She nothing. kept saying, go away, go away. leave me alone. I, I, I can, I can, I'm good now. I can and take care of myself. eventually he just pushes himself on her, but yeah. at no point was there any kind of sexual tension actually, ahead of that. Actually, I know it did it. Going to the love room in oh, Tokyo. Oh, that's true. Or, actually, I don't even know if it was in Tokyo, but it was the Martian room that they chose. Yeah, the Martian room. Which, again, they chose poorly. Should have been the naughty nurse room. If you room. get the naughty nurse room or the Martian room, I'm going naughty nurse. Mm. Or the third one is dungeon. Yeah, not dungeon mm. with somebody. If I don't know them, I, I ain't going the dungeon. Shit. Yeah, I no. need to know this person before I'm going the dungeon route. Yeah. But th- this movie did a lot of that. that 
the the dude who was Masoki Maroki's quote unquote fiance before yeah. they were old enough to be fiancés. Yeah. Early on, they show that he's protecting her. Yeah. And he even makes the oath to grandfather, which later on that still plays out. But in the end scene, he makes a comment that somebody is evil, but she's there to help them with what they're trying to do. Then he suddenly changes and basically makes it like, this is bullshit, and sways the other direction. Yeah. Why? Right. Why did he ever go along with this? Yeah. Why does he suddenly change? I don't get it. What is it that made any of these people do what they were trying to do? Well, at what point... My, my other part there was with... At what point did... Y- uh, what was it? Yoshida. Who, who, when Logan saves him, when he's young in World War II and stuff, he's very grateful. He's... Clearly, he's got Why does conscience. he become what he does? Why does he become what he becomes? I, I, and the whole time I'm thinking, you were all about honor. You've yes. thrown it all out the window. Yes. But there's no explanation given as to what turned him to basically just be Actually, obsessed with being immortal. I could take it a step further. If you were somebody prone to arguments about racism... You could argue that this movie, in the end, is that Japanese people will say that the most honorable thing is staying alive so your company lives on forever, which is what Yoshida was there for. Yeah. Yoshida wanted to live forever so he could make sure his company and his family were there forever. Yeah. And it that didn't work. Because mm-hmm. the Yoshida they showed earlier made no sense compared to the Yoshida you saw late. No. It did not work. No. At all. And the thing is, they show no transition. You saw the setup coming, but you kept thinking, I hope they don't go that route because it's not going to make any sense. And why, at some point after there, where where Yoshida does eventually get an opportunity to, what he says, he he basically tells Logan that. He, Logan's brought to Japan because he wants to thank him and say goodbye for saving his life and giving him a life. But he has the ulterior motive of trying to convince Logan that, Logan, you're a tortured soul. You don't want this anymore. You don't want to be this immortal being. You want to just grow old and die naturally and, and just forget all this trouble that you've had. I have found a way to take what they've done to you making you this immortal being and I can transfer that to myself. I'm the one who wants to be immortal now and, and you can be released from it. Mm-hmm. And at some point, and Logan of course is like, yeah, whatever dude, not not happening. But at some point, we get to a point, you know, that, that climactic moment there where, where Yoshida is actually in the process of of taking that immortality uh, from Logan, why the hell does that make him young? Why is this reversing? Okay, well, I, I, I can, I can, I can, I can deal with taking his immortality, but it should be your, it should be your immortality from this point forward. Right, you're immortal as this old dude. No, that it doesn't work reverse at all. fucking time. No, you no. don't turn. And why is it just turning you back to that point? Right. Why isn't it going all the way back? I, that made no, no freaking no. It, sense. It didn't work at all. It, it that that was a fail. They would have been better off keeping him as old Yoshida, but suddenly not having the cancer. Right. And it didn't work. I also felt like 
they introduce because it's new- implying that that age is something that can be cured, right? Which it's like age is a wound. Maybe that's something that's never been answered around X Men. I don't know. I don't know how they've ever approached how it is that technically Logan has aged when he was born a mutant. Yeah. But if that and but then all of a sudden he got to a certain point and, and stopped. stopped aging. And I don't know if they've ever actually discussed it. I don't know. But it certainly brings out a problem with the character. Yeah. Huh. And, and I'm not I'm not versed enough in I gotta believe in the Wolverine comics at some point. You would think. But I'm not versed enough in the comics yeah, to, I, I to tell know. you if they've ever addressed that. You're right though. He's at this age now and he just keeps healing and healing and he hasn't aged, but he hasn't aged from like age forty two. Right. He was born a mutant. He was born so a mutant. at some point. So he, he stopped aged aging. up to that point. Why is he not aging any further? Yeah, I don't know. And I certainly am not buying that that uh, Yoshida would reverse age. That makes no, sense. that makes. I didn't like the inclusion of the Yakuza's because they were just thrown aside. It's like they went with the there one. Was the conflict. Everybody knew. Everybody's heard of the Yakuza's as the big mob in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so yet you tattoo a bunch of guys up, call them the Yakuza clan, right? And that's it. But they went away as soon as the, the train stopped. Yeah. Because it, the fact of the matter is, what you saw later on was supposed to be the, what do they call the Black Warriors or something like that. Yeah. The Black Clan. The Black, Black Clan. Um, so the Yakuza's were just... That sounds racist. It does, but <laughs> it's not meant to be, not this time anyway. They were just like the Green Arrow Ninjas or something. Right. It, 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 they just felt tacked on. Like, okay, let's get the Akira crowd here, so we'll throw in the Yakuza's. Yeah. Or Kill Bill, because I want to say that involved the Yakuza's. Yeah, the crazy um, And the new mutant who I was intrigued by, but they didn't do enough with the person. Which one? The other mutant in the movie. What, lizard, lizard Girl? Yeah, well, Snake Girl, or whatever the fuck she was. Yeah. I'm assuming she's got a name in the, the comic books. I, I can't even remember something. this. Well, she was Doctor Something. Yeah. She played by some Svetlana something something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she looked all of all six foot well, something was, of Svetlana. Yeah, she did. Um it was she was uh Yeshida's oncologist. Right. Quote unquote. Who was basically he she worked out a deal with Yeshida to try to to catch Logan and, and right. do everything. Right. But there was nefarious goings on in the background. But the fact of the matter is She'd be a nasty villain, but they didn't do much with her. No. She just tromped around a lot. Yeah. And the final scene is like, okay, she's a step ahead. She never felt threatening. No. So not not for versus Logan. No. No, no, no. It, 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 they did, they referenced her power, but they really didn't show her power. Right. Until it was all too late. Right. Well, she, apparently she could spit acid and totally take you down, but she never... In the spots where you think she's going to use that, she doesn't use it. No. no you can spit acid, why wouldn't you? All the time. Um, and then then the whole, you know, Yoshida dies, and there's, it's all dramatic and stuff, and then all of a sudden later on you've got, and I can't remember, I still can't remember, and I, I even looked it up and I couldn't find it, in the end of Iron Man 1 when uh, Obadiah Stane gets inside that, 
Yeah, I don't remember what the robotic fuck it's called. Thing, and I can't for the life of me remember. What and it's he called. references what it's called in the movie. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's very like that. All of a sudden, dude shows up and ah, I can be immortal, and he starts to take it. It felt just like stolen from Iron Man. Yep. Yeah. No and question. again, never feeling that threatening. No, at no point do you think anyone's in trouble here, other than Yoshida, who you know it's going to end poorly right. for. You're just watching the thing going, yeah, this is this is going down. Um, yeah, dude. I like Jackman as Wolverine. I think, for me, Jackman as Wolverine is as natural as, as Downey Did Jr. you notice are. this was the most R-rated Wolverine we've had yet, though? But it wasn't R-rated. Was no, but there was... N F bomb. Well, shit got always, out, you right. can always get one in, in the shit PC. got thrown out a few times. It, it's interesting to me that Wolver that that they finally started to embrace how much of a dickhead Logan's supposed to be. Yeah. Early on, it was just rebellious dick, uh, rebellious Logan. Now it's no Logan's an attitudinal prick. Yeah. That's never really agreed to the X Men doctrine. Right. And I don't. He's just bitter. Right. And I have no issue with going that route. Actually, I dig it. But here it almost seems wasted at times. It seems like there was a story they could have told, they just didn't. And it it feels, I don't know. Because they built enough characters. I loved, uh, oh shit, what was the name of the little Japanese girl that was his quote-unquote bodyguard? Yukio. I thought she was an interesting character. Then she disappeared for half an hour. Yeah. I would have loved her as a badass. The scene inside the bar in the Yukon, yeah, was I love that scene. Yeah. And when we got to that point, I'm going, I'm going to love this movie. This is going to yeah. be a good No, flight. at that point, I was I was in. And there was the comment about uh, where it was after the grizzly bear thing, and he put the arrow through the guy's hand. He's like, you tell me. And then the, the, the guy says something. He's like, oh. Good, I was hoping we'd get to that point. Or he references something like that. But if it's going to be written this way, I'm in. Yeah. Then it went away. Yeah. It just stopped being what it was. I and, and you kept... At times, I really kept thinking, so nobody is answering for any of their actions in this movie either. Right. Because uh, Murikos, Mukios, whatever her name is. All right, I'm going to get the name. Murikos. It's... Mariko. 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 By the way, first time I've had yellow fever in a long time. Oh, she was She, she was, was not looking, shabby. Good looking Asian girl. Um, her dad, douchebag. Yeah. But at times you're going, well, all right, I, yeah. I guess. Right. Maybe because of what we're seeing from Yoshida later on, he's not as much a douchebag as you think. Right. And, and, and apparently Yoshida was going to give Mariko the company yep. just because... He felt she was so ineffective it wouldn't matter? Right. Is that what the point was? Yeah. Wow. That just yeah. seems paper thin, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, a lot of it was just a lot of repetitive, okay, I know, everybody wants him to die, he's torn, He's and they keep going back and back to the dream sequences and all that stuff. And at some point, it's like, all right, and then when you finally get to the point, you finally get to that point in the movie where, I, I where his his come to Jesus moment is in, in taking down Yoshida and that stuff. 
I don't understand why the Logan you've built up to this point, I'm not sure that just defeating the old guy in the iron suit is that thing that makes him decide that he's that this is his calling now. And becomes Wolverine again. Yeah. Well, that, that's another one of those cheesy lines where he says, I'm the Wolverine. Oh, dude, come on. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell did that line come yeah, from? Yeah, I didn't like that at all. That was because another the, one of those, like, oh, two hands on the sword. Right, the first two-thirds of the movie. You're hit Wolverine. Why are you using a sword? And I gave it up. But now You've I'm got six swords coming out of your freaking knuckles. Yeah, that... That didn't. There were a lot of things. Just it just didn't work. Um, you know, this is one of those movies. I'm going to think it it had the right idea, mm-hmm. and with a slightly better script, it could have done a brilliant job. Yeah, this script definitely needs some polishing. Shave a half hour off this thing. Yeah, oh, it didn't need to be a two and a quarter hours. Well, no, like I said, there was so much stuff just felt so oh. repetitive. There were some slow moments in this movie. Oh, no doubt. Um, the, yeah, this is not not an action-heavy Wolverine Really, movie. about three scenes. Yeah, and, and that's fine. I, I'm, I'm not one of these ADD people that can't go ten minutes without seeing some sort of action on there. If you're giving me something of substance, and... At times you were giving me stuff with substance, and a lot of times you were giving me the same substance yeah, over and over. Seen it before, done it before. Uh, a lot of times it's just like, oh, get on with it. Yeah. Um, and then when some of the action scenes do come, it's just the, the Hollywood suits have got their hands all over it, and the, the train scene is just ridiculous. The ending stuff was just too reminiscent of Iron Man for me, where it's yeah. just, oh, old guy in a mechanical suit. Uh, whatever, um, yeah, it just didn't connect for me. I, I didn't, I didn't hate the movie, but oh sense. god, no. But I struggle to to really think that I enjoyed this any more or less than I did the Origins one. Yeah, I liked it a little more than Origins, but Origins didn't work at all for me. Right, this one at a, a few moments I liked it, but it was more hoping it was going to be more than it ended up being. Right, I could see where this thing put seeds of being a good movie in there. But never followed through. But with the that. end of it, I don't feel like I know anything oh, no. more about the Wolverine character. I don't than like I knew the ending before. of this movie at all, dude. Um, I, I I don't have any urgency to see any more about the Wolverine. No. Um. Yeah. It just sort of. It just felt like another Wolverine movie that really didn't give me anything I didn't already know. Nope. I agree. Um. And 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 to that end, I'm at like a two and a half. I'll give it a three. You tend to you tend to err a little higher than me. On this I do, thing. and again, I didn't like Origins, so to me, this felt like an upgrade, but not much. And, yeah. and, and, it's certainly not as good as as uh, First Class. Oh God, no! First Class was a brilliant movie. I'm looking forward to uh, Dave's Future yeah. Past. Or, but uh, that said, and that's interesting now because we have this Fox. I I, I don't understand at this point. How they're going to reconcile the X-Men Marvel side of things versus this Fox I thing. Know, yeah. I, and we weird. have the scene at the end of this and movie, which we now need to try which to deconstruct. Yeah, which they definitely ties into more of the X-Men um, first class days. Because I've heard that McKellen and uh, Patrick Stewart, Stewart are, are actually in. Yeah. yeah. 
And you got to figure that they're going to be in a very small piece of it. Because right. we're, ta- we're still talking about McAvoy and Fassbender as these two characters. But they definitely linked. But, but every, some people are talking about, oh, this is the greatest after credit sequence ever. I'm like... I'm not seeing that. Well, because well, I, I, I don't understand where you're going with it. What's your point? No. I I, I don't know. I, I kept thinking that... The, that People are referencing another scene far later in the credits. Yeah. That just felt like an empty, well, here's Magneto and Professor X. Yeah. And, uh... Telling Logan that dark forces are afoot. So, you're gonna, you're gonna be called upon again. So, yeah, so what's your point? And, done. what What, yeah, what, where are you going with that? Yeah, I, I don't know, but... It, it, and maybe we'll see. Maybe Days of Future Past, or... Maybe this is, this is their way of saying there will be another of the original X Men cast. I think we're too far removed from that group to do another mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I, what are you gonna do? You've killed Cyclops off in the last one. You had a few kids that are now in other movies, but it's again too far removed. Well, Days of Future Past. I know they're bringing. I think Ellen Page is in it. She or? is, and, and maybe this is maybe this is the link to Days of Future Past. Maybe. I don't know, but I my understanding is, and here's where comic book nerds gonna flip out that the original Days of Future Past storyline was around the Wolverine, going back in time, but in this case, it's actually being flipped, and if somebody's going into the future, I don't know, haven't read any of them. Right. It's all conjecture. But if that's the case, it seems like it's a weird place to play it out in the Wolverine movie. Right. You'd think they'd have to do another tie-in movie instead. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, this this one didn't quite connect for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not a complete travesty by any stretch, but yeah, uh, it could have been better. Definitely could have been better. Could have been better. Yep. So... Uh, well, looking, I think we're on the longest podcast we've done. Oh, we had it. shit for an agenda, dude. Yeah, no shit. Um, looking ahead, what have we got in two weeks? We've got uh, is Elysium next? I think Elysium. I is think next. so. Then Kickass. Elysium, Kickass, and then like the World's End, all bang, 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 three yeah. in a row. Um, but I think Elysium's next, which I'm looking forward to. Oh God, uh, I can't Neil Blomkamp, uh, the guy who did District Nine, is doing this. Yep. So it, it looks interesting. We'll hope for the best. That's all we got for this week. We'll uh, convene in a couple weeks. Late. Late.